Hang on, Tyler's eating. I can hear the crunch. Give me time to finish my apple fritter. Where the fuck's my vape, bro? <laughs> That's our open. <laughs> Where, Where the, the fuck's fuck? my vape, bro? Oh, I'm sitting on it. <laughs> <clears throat> Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Yippee ki yay, vape, motherfuckers. <laughs> Large fry, motherfucker. Do not, motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, I almost started saying that shit right before you did. All right, motherfucker. <laughs> Supplies, motherfucker. <laughs> The powers of the Black Panther have now been stripped away. <laughs> what? <laughs> You've never seen Black Panther. Yeah. No, I haven't. Uh, all right. I, I, I did it? have to watch a football game, though. I did. Uh... Is that still on? No, God, no. I was about to say. All right, so we're ready whenever you are, Tyler. Give me a sec. Let me find something interesting to look at on the television. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Transformers. There we go. Transformers, your mama's in disguise. <laughs> that shit with Garrett where he shoots the ball. And goes, oh my god, I made it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Silence on set. Silence on set. Me, 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 me. Okay. Penis. In a world where COVID runs rampant, everyone is stuck at home. And don't forget about the life-threatening mask we have to wear. You have three best friends still providing you with your weekly entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, hybrids included, welcome to Nerd Out. Today we are discussing the infamous movie, Die Hard. Is it a Christmas movie? Here are our thoughts. But after our sponsors. Sponsors. Nerd Out is sponsored by Mike's Mom and Loner Gaming. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> go to <laughs> check out. Wait, you should do that again <laughs> so we don't laugh and so you You're really right, can't yeah. take it out. You bitch. Nerd Out is sponsored by Mike's Mom and Loner Gaming. Follow Loner Gaming at www.facebook.com backslash Loner Gaming. Check out his shop at lonerstore.com and use the discount code Nerd Out, all one word with a capital N, to get your 20% off. Do not miss it. Also, shouts to our amazing artist, Brandy, who can satisfy all your art needs. Follow her on Instagram at the.ardest, A-R-D-E-S-T, and message for inquiries. Your hosts today are myself, Tyler, a.k.a. Lil Mint. Also me, Mitch, Mac, Patty, Wack. And Mike, Vanilla Fat Bar. Now let's get started, boys. Synopsis. 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 What the hell? Okay, so we are we are discussing Tyler's Pick Die Hard, right? Yeah. So yes, the the movie opens with a preview for other HBO shows and movies that are currently streaming on the app, such as The King of Staten Island, Doolittle, The Call of the Wild, The Photograph. I didn't get any of that. And some other shit. All right, so we start with the opening title cards. We have a distorted 20th Century Fox logo because it was formatted to fit the screen. So that kind of made me laugh. Gordon Company slash Silver Pictures. And then we got a, a shot of a plane landing. It did land safely, which is good. 
and you cut to a shot of a guy white knuckling in a seat. And if you pan up and you see a businessman is sitting next to him, big guy white knuckling turns out to be our main character, John McClane, who does not like flying, apparently. So True. this guy is like, do you want to know the secret to flying? Jesus. Yeah, that, that's not actually the secret, but it's a good note. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> so this guy looks at this man sitting next to him. And he's like, yeah, you got to walk around barefoot on a carpet making fists with your toes. And he says he's been doing it for nine years and he claims it's better than a cup of coffee. And at that time, he sees that John has a gun and John just goes, it's cool. I'm a cop. I've been Johnny's doing it. Got a gun and he says, I've been doing it for 11 years. Shout out to Mike's mom. <laughs> you get one per episode, Dick. So cops, he's been a cop for 11 years. But this dude just has a gun on the plane. Like, talk about pre-9-11. Right. Like, and he just goes like, nah, it's cool. I'm a cop. Anyway, Die Hard title. And apparently I accidentally hit caps lock when I was typing. So, like, my next five notes are all in caps. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read them as if I'm yelling them. We see him light a smoke at baggage claim while he's got a huge teddy bear. <laughs> it literally says, see him light a smoke at baggage claim. He's got I a huge teddy bear. You know, bear. The, the Atlanta airport still has smoking rooms in it. Dude, there's a lot of airports that still have smoking rooms but in they're, them. But they're taking them out in, come January I'm, 1st. I'm not really surprised Atlanta has smoking rooms in there. They said they're turning them into a no. place for dogs and cats to go potty. Well, I mean, no. cats already have a place. It's called a litter box. Not if they're at the airport. That's true. Well, they'll just shit anywhere because they just seem to shit anywhere. Don't they, Peaches? Continue. Anyway, we cut to Nakatomi Plaza for the first time. And it's in the middle of a Christmas party where this guy is congratulating his employees for the best year of the company ever. And that's when we learn it's Christmas Eve. And at that point, we see some guy following Can the Can I just real around. quick say, Christmas Eve is better than Christmas Day. Really? The anticipation. The, the anticipation, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, okay, I get that. Okay, continue again. <laughs> okay. All right, so we see this woman walking around the building, the floor at least, and some dude she keeps following around, and it's like, all right, leave her alone. And she eventually sighs and basically says, like, leave me the fuck alone. And then I'm pretty sure a pregnant woman asks if, if it's okay for her to drink. <laughs> like, no, bitch, don't drink. <laughs> It's the 80s, man. They also smoked with babies in the womb. They didn't, they didn't give a fuck about that's nothing. That's, that's true. <laughs> they didn't care, dude. All right. So this woman calls home and we see. Yeah. Okay. So little girl answers the phone and it's the McLean's house. And it turns out she's the little girl's mom. And she says, I will be home soon. And you see all the photos of the family. And she won't be home until late. Uh, her daughter says, is daddy coming home? And her mom says, we'll see what mommy and Santa can do. And Holly misses so-and-so. That's what I wrote. I don't remember because I got... You guys remember what it was like to believe in Santa Claus? Mm, yeah. No. Yeah, I do. Um, Only dude, because... Christmas was so much better when you believe in Santa. It, dude, like, like, just... I didn't really think about it until, you know, I had you know my son. And uh, seeing his enjoyment on his face, just like when he sees the Christmas trees and he goes... Santa. So, yeah, like it kind of reminded me of like, wow, Christmas wasn't just a normal everyday thing that 
you know, I just forgot about. So there's this stereotypical Mexican housemaid, LOL, 80s movie, who Holly asks, has John called? And she says, no telefono. Apparently she can only speak in broken Spanish, which I found hilarious. All right. So now we cut back to John leaving the airport and the bear is clearly for his kids. I really thought the bear was going to come back into play. It, it did not. And then he sees some chick jump into the arms of some dude, and he looks at them and says, California. And then he sees a sign that says his name, and he says it's him. And the limo driver says his name is Argyle, and that that's a nice bear. And then John McClane says, okay. Uh, really caveman notes right here. Don't even know what just happened. <laughs> I thought you just... You bitch. It says Argyle. What do we do now? Oh, my God. All right, so Argyle says it's his first time driving a limo, and McLean says it's his first time in a limo. Then we cut to John in the front seat with the bear in the back seat, which I've, I and don't understand that. And he plays one of the best Christmas songs it, of all time. It's to show he's just a normal guy. You know, he doesn't want to sit in the back of the limo. He's too I chill for I thought it was he's funny. Never- it is funny. Yeah. They have a conversation, and Argyle is super talkative, and John just kind of wants to sit there. He lights up a cigarette, and then he asks him, why are you asking so many questions? And Argyle says, well, I used to be a cab driver. Argyle keeps talking, asks him if he's divorced. Uh, John just says, drive. And then he starts to explain that she ended up getting a good job out here, and that good job turned into a career, and then she moved out here, and he didn't claiming that he can't leave his job in New York because he has too many uh, cases that he has to finish up. And Argyle said, no, you just didn't think she would make it. And John basically was like, yeah. Uh, Argyle puts on some music. Mm, this and is John asked for Christmas music. And Argyle's like, this is. It was December 24th on Hollis the dark when I seen a man chilling with his dog at the park. I approached him very slowly. So we get that epic shot of Nakatomi Plaza for the first time, and we are still in the opening credits. That was mainly for me. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So the limo pulls up during an epic sunset shot. Ooh, LA. I'm from LA. 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 I love living in LA. 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 The limo stops, and John gets out. And Argyle asks him if he has a place to stay, and he says... He's going to stay there and wait for McLean just in case he strikes out. He shakes Argyle's hands and says something like, yeah, you're a good limo driver. And he says, remember that when you signed for the tip, which is weird out of context. Um, John enters an empty lobby and approaches the desk. He says, hi. The guard says, good evening. And then he says he's here to see someone. The guy points down to an old school touchscreen, which I guess was super high tech back then because John says that's a cute toy. And then he starts to search for Holly McLean, or McLean at least, and he's not finding anything. And that's when you hear the guard say, yeah, if you need to take a leak, it'll undo your zipper. I need some tea for my bundle. Anyway, he he looks up her maiden name and sees that she's using her maiden name, which is uh, something with a G. 
and that she's on the 30th floor where the party is at and they're the only ones left in the building so john takes the elevator up as he whistles and that's when he sees a guard by the elevators Gennaro. Gennaro, thank you oh fuck mm, Gennaro. generic and then oh. he nods to that guard at first i didn't know it was a guard i just so I said he sees a dude being weird in the lobby by the elevators, so he nods <laughs> at him. I, I just I thought it was a weird dude. So then it got <laughs> to um, Argyle trying to back into a spot in the limo, and he clearly is not having a good time with it. It looked funny from that one shot. Uh, then we got John exiting the party. Uh, nope, exiting the elevator on the party floor. It's loud, and he takes a drink. He looks around as he walks. He looks up and sees the quartet. He still scans the room in disbelief at, like, everything he's seeing. He takes a sip of the drink and just gets it back. Clearly didn't like it. And that's when he spots his wife. And some Ooh, ooh la la. Can I say 80s-style hair? She's still pretty hot. Yeah. And that's when some dude kisses him on the cheek, and he says... California. Uh, so he says he's looking for Holly, and the guy introduces himself and says he knows who John is. I'm thinking that's Ellis. I just didn't hear him say his name. Oh, um, were they in the office? <laughs> so yeah, the douchebag yeah, who does yeah. Name? Was that the guy? Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about how amazing the building is and how it's still under construction. And oh wait, no, 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 no. Oh, he. This is when he's with Holly now. I think in the bathroom. Well. They catch the dude doing the line of coke. <laughs> oh no, he was talking to the boss. The uh, oh, uh, what I forget his name. Shit, what was his name? I have it written down later on. He's talking to the guy, to the CEO, and the CEO is talking to John, saying how the building is still under construction on a few floors. Takashi. And thank you. And he leads him to Holly's office, where they catch Ellis doing a line of coke, and he like brushes it away, and then that's when Mike, what was his name? Uh, Takaji. I hope I'm saying that right. Takashi. Right. It's Takashi. So that's when Coke does a line of John, and then nope, not that. Coke does a line of John. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so they catch a guy doing a line of Coke, and Takashi says that John is a cop, and then Ellis shakes John's hand, and John just goes, you missed some. And then, it's quite a party. Didn't know they celebrate Christmas in Japan. He mentions they closed the huge deal because of his wife. And that's when Holly finally enters the office and is shocked to see John misspelled as Hojin. She gave him those eyes, too. Like, hey there, baby. See, I read that as really awkward. Like, because she was like, oh, shit, he totally knows that I'm not using my maiden name. Yeah, 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 I got that too. Yep. Yeah. So there's that awkward hug and a cheek kiss. Poor and time. she weirdly says, like, I was hoping you made the flight. And that's when Ellis tells her to show off the Rolex Rolex, and tries to rub it in John's <laughs> face. What, what a douche. Dick. I literally wrote, what a douche. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, it's a, it's Rolex. a Rolex. Yeah. <laughs> so then cut to truck turning a corner and turning its headlights on at the same time. And oh, it's shit. going towards Nakatomi Plaza. 
And then we see John is washing up as Holly is apologizing for the douchebag co-worker. Um, and she asks him where he's staying, and he says Captain Rogers' place. And I fucking misspelled the word that I was supposed to say was a mispronunciation. <laughs> I literally, it says Pomona mispronunciation. Ramona was what he said. Oh. R- 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 but, but Pomona is what it's supposed to be. Mona. Okay. Mona, so she offers to let him stay with her and says that the kids would love it. And he smiles and says, they would, huh? And she says that she would too. And drunk people bust in ready to fuck. And then they leave because our bad, our collective bad. And that's when Holly says she misses John. Uh, and he brings up the the maiden name thing, not using his name, and he says, "You didn't miss my name unless you were signing checks." Oh snap! Oh, mm. and Roasty. she claims that she only uses the maiden name due to the Japanese company philosophy or whatever. And then they have an argument, and he says it's an argument about work. You know, they're not, and then. Lady Bustin and Mr. Tagaki. That's, I, yeah. Takashi. <laughs> Takashi, yeah. I, I don't think it was Takashi, dude. I, Here you go. It's T, yes, it is. It's, it's T A K A G I. And I'm pretty sure they pronounce that as Takashi. No. It's definitely not Takashi. Yeah, it's, it's gotta it's, be Takashi. They never said Takashi one time. Damn, what do they say then? Is there another Asian guy in this movie? Because there's only one Asian guy I can I'm, find. I'm in this just stalling and I'm looking list. at IMDb. I'm already looking at it. I know, but I need to see yeah. it from my eyes. Oh my god, you are such an I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even. What the hell? <laughs> Tagaki. It's T A K A G I. That's not Takashi. No. Where are you getting S H I? I thought they pronounced the G as an SH. Uh, listen, when I heard him say it in the movie, I definitely no, thought he said Takashi. That's what I thought. He says, no, it's not Takashi. Takashi. Or whatever. All right. if we go, if we I go promise you it's not Takashi. Right, if it was Takashi, I would have written Takashi. Anyway. So bitch. she says it's speech time and she'll be back in a few minutes. And John is standing there looking angry at himself and he hits his head on the door frame like, you dumb fuck. Why'd you have to argue? And that's literally what he basically says to himself in the mirror. Oh shit, the truck is turning yeah, into the plaza area. And the truck goes down the ramp as the car pulls into the front. The truck is seen on camera and the security guard is like, doesn't even really respond to it. Mm. And then the car pulls up front yeah. and the security guard. Yeah, I, I said security guard was like, what the fuck? But he really wasn't. Two men exit the uh security guard is shot mm. and as the the guy is like distracting him with some basketball talk and he says we're in he literally says the lines we're in we're in Fuck. yeah all day every day wake up go back and then to bed. Oh, shit i closed the fucking imdb page god damn it because <laughs> I, I forgot this character's name okay. who is who's the black guy with the glasses what was his name Oh, his name is Theo. Theo. Thank you. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. All right. So Theo then goes into an office room and starts typing at a computer, classic 80s style computer. 
And then Fabio number one goes towards the elevator with a hockey puck looking <laughs> thing that is a flash grenade and shoots the second guard. Okay, okay. I want to say it. I want to say it. Tyler, what I was talking about, I told Mac what it was, but when you watch the second guard get shot, if you look close enough and you pay enough attention, you'll see the blood packets in his jacket go off before Carl, who's the German that shot him, pulls his trigger. Yeah, I I, I noticed it looked kind of funny, but I didn't recognize what it yeah. was. It, yeah, I'm going to have to go back and look at that. Way to go, whoever put on the, <laughs> the blood some, packets. Some intern was like, ah, shit, I think I was like a second too early. He's like, ah, they probably wouldn't even notice it. Fast forward almost 40 years. <laughs> to nerd out podcasts. normal Fuck people. you, blood packet intern. One of our 29 Fuck listeners you. is this blood packet guy who's going to be like, ah, shit, someone noticed. <laughs> We're on to you, bud. <laughs> All right. So then it cuts back to the truck as it's opening up, and a bunch of dudes come out in the back with the one, the only, Severus, I mean, Alan Rickman, bum, 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 known bum, in this movie bum. as Hans, which also brings up my point. I knew you were going to call him uh, Snape, and I wrote in my notes, uh, to me, he'll always be Hans, because that's <laughs> when I first was introduced to him. He'll always be Hans yeah. to me. That's how I was first introduced to him, and then it was Galaxy Quest, and then... You know how I was first introduced to him? Dogma. Hmm. Yeah, oh, really? and then uh, Galaxy Quest, and then Harry Potter. Dude, what is the yeah, in Galaxy Quest is the absolute best. <laughs> oh, he I love shows Galaxy up Quest, on the dude. ship, and he just goes, that was a hell of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with all that? He's the best part of that Dude, we should pick that man. movie one of these weeks. I'm down. Tyler, have you seen Galaxy Quest? Oh yes, it's oh, I'm so, so down. It's, it's a Justin parody. First it's a movie. parody of Star Trek. It's Justin uh, Justin's first Long, movie? Justin Long's first ever movie. Yeah, I was gonna say there's no way Tyler knows who that is. Uh, yeah, he doesn't right. know who Justin Long is. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you ever seen Waiting? I know Dave. <laughs> yeah. He was also the main kid in uh, Jeepers Creepers. Who? Uh, don't Alan Rickman, the late great Alan Rickman, enters the building as Hans Gruber. They walk through the hallways as the music builds. Theo is on the computer humming. He's like all about this shit. He's locking all the doors. He's locking all the elevators from floors 29 down. They def- they definitely gave Theo yeah. a black vibe yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, hold on. We need to add some Peppa into this song. <laughs> Peppa with an A. Uh, perfectly yep. splendid. Uh, so, and then I... <laughs> It did bust out laughing. <laughs> they show a shot where he's turning off the escalators, making them stairs, which are still usable. But okay, we're just going to stop yeah. moving them. Like, I just pictured somebody trying to escape. They're like, ah, oh, shit, he turned off the escalators. We're fucked. Dude, escalators are like the only thing that... That's my point. That's why I, was I ain't using it. I ain't using it. You're going to carry me. Or I'm going to, like, hop into the middle. Nobody could carry your fat ass. <laughs> I'm going to hop in the middle and slide We'd need, down. like, we need Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. Are you kidding me? So then we get another shot of Nakatomi Plaza in the tower. <laughs> and it shows Alan Rickman and his crew in the elevator. Uh, the crewman and him leave. And the rest of them are still in the elevator. Uh, Black dude breaks all the computer shit. Is how I wrote that. Yo. I know, but I wrote Black Tooth Break because I didn't hear his name yet. What's he or what's he not black? Was, 
That black man wait, has wait. a name. I didn't know his name either, Mac, until the very end, and I had to look it up. <laughs> yeah, that's because you guys saw him and just immediately. <laughs> to be fair, all of the Germans are either token black dude. I did <laughs> start fair, naming yeah. all of the Germans Hans until I remembered that there's actually a Hans in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote them blonde German number one, blonde German angry yeah, so, guy, and then kept going down. If you hear me talk about Fabio, it's a German guy because they all have long hair. Okay, but Carl, at least say Carl. Oh, yeah, he's Carl's the main, blonde Carl's the main Fabio. Mm. Oh, damn, I was calling him out. That's <laughs> <laughs> racist. Carl with a K. If you do not say his name the appropriate way. Well, later in my notes when I start saying Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I refer to Ellis as Harry because that's what I hear every time. <laughs> All right. So, um, we see one of the one of the uh, terrorists posing as the lobby guard now, as uh, Hans Alan Rickman locks the front door after looking out of it like. A villain does suspiciously. Uh, I I really want to say Theo because now I know the character's name, but just know every time I say Theo in my notes, it just says black guy. <laughs> what the hell? All right, so Theo and him head towards the elevator, and uh, glasses Fabio is finding his way through the building. He's German. <laughs> I hate you. This is fucking bad. I literally, I literally wrote Glasses a note that says Fabio. he's German. <laughs> When's the last time you met a German named Fabio? They all, dude, I how I don't meet Germans that often. I'm not gonna lie. He oh slides God. down the stairs. He's walking. Mm, slides. He, so uh-huh. then he starts cutting into the the phone line area, and we cut to a shot of feet making fists with their toes on the carpet. It is John McClane actually doing what that guy said and laughing about it because he loves it. He's like, what do you know? Fists with your toes. <laughs> Opens his wallet and looks at photos and a note from his daughter. And that's when I cut to, it cuts back oh. to Glasses Fabio doing some shit with the wires, maybe tapping into it, not cutting it. Uh, John then calls Argyle, who's blasting music in the back seat, chilling with the bear. And he asks him if he struck out, and he says the boat's not in yet. So they hang out, or it cuts back to Fabio putting on a face shield, or this is Carl Fabio putting on a face shield and starting up a chainsaw and cutting through the top where all the cables go (laughs) as what I now know is his little brother. Uh, Glasses Fabio is like hurriedly hurriedly finishing up what he's doing there's sparks oh shit the phone line went dead hello angry german is angry no, mine, mine. and then the other german walks away argyle says whatevs to the phone cutting off and continues the party yeah dude he's getting shit i love argyle so that's a dream right there yeah uh, <laughs> so <do> all right <laughs> so guns in the elevator they all are like packing some serious heat and they arrive on the 30th floor the door is open they all slowly and quietly exit all these people standing right around no, no. the door don't notice all of these massive guns being held up in the air by these people. You know what that scene reminded me of? The Dark Knight when Joker walks through the elevator. Yeah, I, I can. I feel like that scene was inspired yep. by that, but the Dark Knight took it a step further. I think so too. 
uh, John is trying to phone. We cut back to John. So he hears the gunshots and screaming. He grabs his pistol and looks out the door. And he sees some hostages and his wife panicking. And he looks over towards an exit. But there's a German approaching. More screaming. The fucking couple gets caught. Yeah, titties. The Germans all have long hair and are laughing. They enter Holly's office. But there's no John. Where is he? I'll tell you where he is. He's <laughs> running up the stairs with his pistol to floor 31. He opens the door. He sees more Germans. And he's like, ah, oh, fucking Nazis. Anyway, he runs up more stairs. And it cuts to more shooting and more screaming. And the Coke guy says, stay calm. Stay the calm. Japan guy is angry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the CEO. Japan I, I didn't know his name at that point. So instead of typing out Japanese, Japanese. well, because I was typing such fast codes, <laughs> instead of typing out Japanese, the Japan guy. You said Japan guy? Now that I think about it, if I would just call him a fucking ninja. <laughs> All right. So anyway, he's angry because these people are like ruining his party and trying to, you know, hijack his building. <laughs> He just thinks they're terrible. So it cuts to John, who's now upstairs on an unfinished floor. He's clearing the floor, making sure it's empty. Sees a different phone, tries it. Did not work, obviously. By the way, his clearing wasn't too bad. He says shit because the phone didn't work. Also, yes, it was it was decent enough for me to say he was clearing the floor. Um, right, yeah. He stops for a moment to catch his breath and to think. And he sees a woman across the way, like in a different room. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, it yeah, never yeah, comes, back, never into comes back to play. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's why I was like, I'm not sure why they showed that, but it's in my notes. I have no idea. It cuts back to Hans taking out a notebook and putting his hands up as to, to say, Shh, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> And then he says, ladies and gentlemen, he opens up his book as the crowd quiets. Um, he says, corporations use their power, or this corporation's use of power around the world must be taught a lesson in the use of real power, or something along the lines of that. And he says he's looking for the CEO, whose name is Tagaki. Um, and yeah. Tagaki doesn't move. And Holly says, don't move. And I really wish Tagaki was like, well, no shit. What do you think I'm doing? And then Hans starts this spiel about, like, this guy's entire life details. Like, clearly he knows who this man is. And it's kind of bone-chilling when, like, if you were in that dude's shoes. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like his, his childhood info. He's walking every- through the crowd while doing this. And Coke guy is clearly scared shitless. So Hans is going up to all of the, the Asian men in there. Basically, like, trying to scare someone to come forward. And finally... Tagaki comes forward. Uh, Han smiles and shakes his hands, and he's like, "Pleasure to meet you," or something. And he's taken away, and the crowd gasps. So John, it cuts back to John, who is looking into a different room on the level thirty-three, and he continues to go up more flights of stairs. I'm thinking at this point he's just kind of gauging how many people are on each level. I think he's just looking at the sign, seeing which level would benefit him the most. Because he, he was running up the stairs, and he was like, 33's computer room, 34, and he says oh, something okay. else. It cuts to Hans and the hostage with two gunmen in the elevator, and Hans is humming, and he looks over, and he says, that's a nice suit. The John Phillips London. I have two myself. <laughs> they exit the elevator. 
John sees some goons bringing some heavy artillery in. Hans in a nice-looking office, probably the CEO's, still humming. Oh, yeah. Talks about Alexander the Great with the uh, Alexander wept because there were no more worlds to conquer. You know, Alexander the Great? This is a fun fact. Alexander the Great was great. Did you know that (laughs) where I was in Afghanistan is actually on the path that Alexander the Great took. So I was in the exact same area that Alexander the Great was in. You should have took how, some dirt. I, know, I didn't how know would it we the have time. Known that, you bitch? Because there's historical records. No, how would we have known that? Where you were was where oh, Alexander the Great had you. stepped. Well, it, you know now. <laughs> you could have just said no. That's true. Anyway, <clears throat> so he's looking at all these scale models of Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> and he's looking at this bridge thing, <laughs> which actually looked kind of cool. And... <laughs> Alan, or I'm sorry, Hans gives the almost like cliche creepy villain speech. I will kill you, bitches. There's some mention about a project in Indonesia. And the, my next note is Hans is villain speaking so hard right now. He really was. He was straight speaking yeah. verses in villain language. And then he says something about like, what are your questions? And he says, I don't have any questions, but my associate does. Maybe you could fill in the blanks. And it's Theo at the computer asking for a cipher and the CEO doesn't have the code and he's also saying like you do realize Tokyo will just change any of the information you're looking for in the morning. Hans says he's not interested in the computer. He says he needs the code key or he needs the code because he's interested in the 640 million in bonds locked in the vault and the computer controls the vault. He says something about you terrorists are after money. And my note says money? Silly terrorists. Yeah, he says like what kind yeah, of what terrorists kind of terror- are after And then money. he says, whoever said we were terrorists. Some so boy. John is... Absolutely. What kind of fan? We see that John is actually sneaking. He's like almost low crawling on the floor in that office. And he sees the men sitting at a table. And he points his pistol as if he's about to shoot, but he can't get a well enough shot. He can't see. And it shows that Hans is removing the silencer on his pistol and he asks for the code again uh tagaki says it's useless you won't get it open or no he says we don't want to ruin your suit and he says i'm going to count to three there won't be a four he starts to count john is watching this uh he says three he then i don't know it bang he shoots him dead there's a fuck ton of blood that splashes on the window of the door. can we t- can, yeah. can i when, can i ask a question why did he take the silencer off? I was about to. I was about to be like, "Is that leave it be more intimidating?" Yeah. You want to know like, why? As he, as he did it, I was so like, that, "Why is he doing?" I feel it? like it's more no, intimidating. So that well, yeah, so that the uh, other hostages could hear it and know what happened. Yeah, but uh, but they didn't hear it. They no, were they, like four floors no, they heard down. It. No, they yeah, jumped. They heard it. Didn't they? Did they? Oh, I thought they. Yeah. They I did. They definitely heard uh, Ellis. Maybe, right, I, I, don't I don't know. know. They heard. That was one issue I had with this movie. All of these, like, fully automatic weapons and all these gunshots, and, like, nobody can hear it. Dude, like, like yeah, when, when the, Dude, we'll get to the it, cop is like, in the, the cop fucking comes, lobby. He's, like, in the yeah, building. He's not hearing this shit. It's like, I'm like, okay, it may be a tall building, but that shit travels. Right. <laughs> God damn. All right, all right. go ahead. Uh, so sorry. maybe I just assumed they heard it. They probably did hear it. They would have heard it. And he tells his goons to, or goon, or German goon, <laughs> the German goon. I, I, I think it's Carl. Fabio number three, Carl. he tells him to dispose of the body. They run out of the room because I guess they heard something out there and they look around. 
I may have missed like one second there. They go around opening doors and they notice one's locked and John is in there. Hans asks if Theo can break the code and he says, yeah. John relaxes after the gate. They don't go into that room. And he says, Argyle, Argyle, please tell me you heard that gunshot. He did not. He was on the phone blasting yeah. music. <laughs> you hear him say, my boss thinks I'm on my way to Vegas right now. <laughs> he was yeah, he, he's having a good yeah, time. Was. Cut back to Germans doing some more German shit. Little dick, nigga. And with climbing and cables and cords, and they're tossing the cords, and they're going up. And again, they're going up with cords and cables. And there's an Asian man with an epic comb-over haircut. Uh, they're discussing the length <laughs> it's going to take to break into the safe with all the different security levels. And that's when Theo said the seventh block, the seventh layer of the safe is out of his hands. And that's when we see this safe for the first time in holy fucking safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we hear that the electromagnetic seal cannot be cut locally, which is important. We cut to John, who's kind of having like a moment where he says, "Why didn't you stop them from killing Tagaki?" And then immediately he's like, "Well, because you'd be dead too." So he kind of like puts that aside because he still has a mission to go for. And he says that, and he starts to think again. He looks up, sprinkler, fire alarm, fake guard cancels the fire alarm per Hans' request. Oh, and then he tells the other Germans to check the 32nd floor because that's where the alarm was coming from. The fire department is on its way, though, and John is looking out the window for lights. And he says, get your fucking Dalmatian. (laughs) But all of a sudden, because the guard told them it was a false alarm, the lights go off and they start to turn around and he says, oh, you stupid motherfuckers, no, no. Yeah, that's a legit thing. Once the once the calls canceled, they we stop, turn the lights off, and you turn around. They don't like go just to make sure. So I like that. I like that they didn't have oh, to really? go to make sure it was in a fire. Like yeah, like once you get called from dispatch saying, "Hey, um, you're no longer needed," or it's a false alarm, it's just okay. Let's turn around because usually the 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 uh, fire chief's on scene and usually gives that call, oh, okay. but. Uh, you know, for movie purposes. Okay, so someone would be on the scene to make that call, though. Typically, okay. at least one person. But even then, he would go in. The security guard would have been like, yeah, it's a false alarm. Okay. He would have called it off. So they call it off. And that's when he hears the elevator from behind him. And glasses Fabio enters. And John hides. And Fabio turns the lights on. And John's behind this desk-looking thing. Glasses looks over there. He tells him that the fire alarm has been called off and no one is coming as he walks towards the place that John was last seen hiding. He turns the corner and just immediately starts shooting at nothing. And then he hears a saw turn on and he walks over to it and the saw turns off and he's still looking, just jumping around all these corners. And then John puts a gun to his head, says he's the cops. The German says, there are rules for policemen. Yeah. So my captain keeps telling me. And John decides to fight with him. And this guy, John is like on his back, like trying to get him in a chokehold. And this guy just decides to unleash all of his rounds into <laughs> like anything. Uh, John's head gets thrown into a wall. He's choking the German. They eventually fall through a door and fall down the stairs. I, r- I wrote that John finally gets the upper hand and wins, not realizing that the German was dead. <laughs> 
Yeah, because they snapped yeah. his fucking neck. It was a pretty lame one. I did not realize guy, he was but, dead. You know. He gets up, <clears throat> and then the guy on the computer, Theo, gets the Red Castle code accepted, and he starts <laughs> up this drill. Thank you. Cut two. John looking through the bag. Oh, the German. And he's fun. Dude, that's a shit ton a of C4. walkie talkie and takes it and puts it in his pocket. And he also takes a lighter. Mm. Mm. And then mm. I wrote, Yeah, the German's definitely dead. That's when I realized the German was dead. Mm-hmm. Well his eyes were I thought he was gonna take his bag and I thought he was gonna take his bag and just start once he starts murking some bitches, stealing their ammo for a big finish. Well, it was kind <laughs> of a big finish. So, so, oh, you know. John does take that bag and shit. But he also sees that the guy has a license from California. He gets the guy's name. And he goes to put the shoes on. But the guy's feet were smaller than his. So that didn't work. He says, all the terrorists yeah. I ain't got to kill. I, I kill one with seat, <laughs> feet smaller you. than my sister. <laughs> and then he looks at Santa. I wrote that. I thought that was very important. This is what made it And then he gets on the elevator and hits 30 scene. and 31. And stops the elevator in between. Uh, what was it? Yeah, in between 32, 32 and 31. 31. And he opens the doors, he hops up, and he uses a screwdriver to keep the door open, which I thought was cool. So he climbs up, he hits run, right. and the door is closed, and it cuts to Hans talking to the hostages, telling them that their boss is dead. So technically, I guess they didn't hear it. And Holly is like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. And that's when Hans says there's two ways that they can get out of there. They can either walk out or be carried out, that they are in charge now. And that they all have to decide now what they're going to do. And then the elevator opens and some German starts, like, calls Hans over. And you see the German that John just killed in the elevator with a t-shirt on that says, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. It was so badass. They start freaking out. And Holly's like, oh, shit, that's yeah, that's my baby. Yeah, she's like, my baby's yeah, up there. I know who did that shit. And then Hans <laughs> reads the shirt out loud. Ho, ho, ho. But yeah, then he says, "Yeah, tell Carl his brother is dead." Carl's yeah. brother's name is Alexander. Oh, but okay, okay. they ask, maybe this is a security guard, and Hans is like, "No, this isn't a security guard." And we see that John is actually on top of the elevator, looking down and listening to them. And when he hears the name Carl, he writes down the name Carl on his arm. Yeah, he's getting all the names, so he knows how many there are. Then he hears some movement above him, and he looks up, and Elevator is going up with him on top of it very fast. He gets down at the very last second, which I get that is good for, like, building attention in the scene. But as it was happening, Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, you should just, like, get down and stop standing up. You have plenty of time to, like, lay down. (laughs) You know what's going to happen when you get to the top. (laughs) Right. Um, He walks through this little... You know, in the in the alternate ending, he gets crushed and the movie ends. <laughs> the way Tyler just said, shut up. He walks through this little door. He scans the area and he looks down this little ladder and he heads down the ladder. Carl is pissed. He wants blood. And Hans is like, Hans is like, do not alter the plan. <laughs> you know what? He's the only one that yeah, doesn't no. <laughs> And then Hans, or not, not Hans, uh, <laughs> Fabio is like, well, what if he alters it? My way. And then, My way. Oh, so Coke right, guy Holly. asks Holly, what's up? And she <laughs> says, John. 
And then the Coke guy's like, ah, shit, this motherfucker's going to fuck it up. He can't do nothing right. And then Holly says he's doing his job. He's not going to fuck it up. And Coke guy starts talking shit. And Holly says something about ask Tagaki. And then it, show, it cuts to John, who's on the roof. He's looking around. And he takes the radio that he took. And I thought this was awesome. He actually went up to the roof to get a better signal for any outside uh, sources. And he starts calling... Yeah, he, smart, smart, smart. he starts calling Mayday from John McClane, trying to reach any signal outside the building. Um, Han sends people up. John reaches the cops, and they're like, This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. No fucking shit, lady! Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? <laughs> His response is priceless. And they, they like, still don't believe I him. love John McClane. So we're at 44, about-ish, min- minutes into the movie. Um... So the Germans are running to the rooftop to kill John. John's on his walkie. He's pissed. And he just shouts, <laughs> send the police now, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> and then you got the Germans <laughs> open the door and brat, brat, they start shooting at him. <laughs> right. And they hear the gunshots. Uh, and yeah, that's, dude, that pissed me off. They're, They're like, like yeah. this is uh, probably a prank. Send the cops. <laughs> it's still probably a prank. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I just got shot. Nah. Anyway, Sergeant Al's at the gas station, uh, and he bought a shit ton of snacks and claims they are for his pregnant wife. I call bullshit, because that's a, that's a big nigga. That's oh, a wait. big boy. Wait. Hey, uh, this is what Carl Winslow was doing before he moved his family to meet Steve Urkel. Yeah, I'm actually I really, really glad that. that you did. I'm not mad at that one. So, so Sergeant Al takes the call for Nakatomi Plaza. Uh, he He's so close, he walks Wait, out to the street. And I'm sorry. Looks at it. I just realized uh, something. We unintentionally split this movie into thirds, and Tyler started right when the main black cop enters the movie. <laughs> what are hey, the odds? What can I say? We're, we're both, you know, two, two people who would be in the middle of a logo. I just, like... What are the odds that the exact scene? <laughs> so now we're we're back on the roof. German shooting at John. One German's like walking like he's trying not to be heard on the helicopter landing. I'm like, dude, there's shots going off. He ain't gonna hear you running up there. So so then uh that that guy, the sneaky the sneaky German, uh, reaches over and starts like shooting at our It's like the glasses German, the sneaky German, the popular German. Tyler, <laughs> Carl, <laughs> I hate you both. So John is stuck, right? He's like, "Oh fuck, what am I gonna do?" So he shoots at the door. He shoots the lock off, and then just hightails his ass in Dude, there. Wait, so I am shitting on you guys about not knowing Carl's name, but for the longest time until mostly towards the end, I was calling <laughs> an angry blonde German. So he shoots the door open. He ties. He hightails his ass inside. He rounds a corner. Oh no, a fan. I'm stuck. What am I going to do? Maybe he wasn't a John. fan of John. <laughs> no, the fan he wasn't, wasn't a fan. A of fan. The fan wasn't a fan of John McClane. It, no, it, he was a huge fan. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> oh. anyway, John stops this. You know those big building fans <laughs> cross through right before his ass gets shot. Yeah, he, does. he starts running. And he, you know, there's naked booby girls hanging he up. He tapped it. And he says, hey, girls. 
<laughs> so the Germans are pissed right now. Uh, John busts the vent open into the elevator shaft. Uh, and then they report to Hans telling him that he's in the elevator shaft. Hans says, the elevators are locked <laughs> off, you fucking idiots. Just shut them in and come back down. I mean, uh, John Tyler yeah. would be like Hans and Tyler. If they were taking some shit over. Would have the same sarcastic answers. Like, well, that's fine. Just yeah. lock them in. So then John uses his machine gun to hold himself up hoist. and hoist himself Moist. down the shaft. That was even just watching that was making my butthole tight. Like that terrified me. Dude, that was. That I kept thinking. It's really lucky that he didn't shift his weight at all. <laughs> right. Right. The, right. That guy totally would have been on my fat ass. That would have been gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's, he always bends the gun. the immediate person I thought while watching this. I was like, dude, the second the second I got Can we film that? Can we film a so that scene with Mike? And just have him open the gun, just snaps in half. And you just fall. <laughs> Like it immediately, <laughs> it just yeah. You just see the gun bend and then disappear. Like he so lowers himself down, and, and as soon as he like lets go of the top, it just goes. <laughs> so now John is hanging. Uh, I almost said hanging himself. He's hanging on the side, you know, holding himself up. Uh, Hans, at this point, ignores. I mean, Alexander Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Carl ignores Hans' orders to just shut him in because he's pissed. He's he wants blood. I want blood. Do you think uh, this so... will stop me? So John, re- he's still you know hanging, and he reaches for for like a, a little air vent thing. Uh, he slips, but then he catches himself on another air thing. You in the air vent? It's an air vent, you son of a bitch. Is an air vent not still an air vent? Okay. So now he's like he crawling through point. the air vents, and he says, Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. I know what a TV dinner feels like. So he starts crawling well, through. Yeah, but, uh, but remember, Carl sees the lighter that he lit, so now they know where he is. Anyway. That's oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So Carl <laughs> sees the lighter. Goddamn. <laughs> Carl sees the lighter. Carl starts shooting into the air ducts and kind of like tapping on. Oh, my God. Sorry. And, and he's like tapping on the bottoms <laughs> to see if he can like feel the weight and find them. John cocks his gun and he can see him through one of the vents. All right, so the Germans say something in German, and they run away. Sergeant Al calls dispatch and says, everything look cool, player. Al? Al. Yeah, his Sergeant name is Al. Al? Dude, it's my Al. It's my I thought you said Al. I can't help it. So who did he call? <laughs> anyway, he like, he like, everything cool, players? And then they're like, check it again. And then he gets in the car and drives around the dumb circle again and goes, oh, shit, there's a guard inside. I'm going to go talk to him. Yeah. And then John says, who's driving this car, Stevie Wonder? <laughs> doing a really good job. <laughs> so the, uh, the guard, quotes, is watching football. So Sergeant Al asked to take a look around. 
dude says, I don't give a fuck. Now, now John's all like, where's the fucking cavalry? John breaks the window with a chair. And then German comes around the corner. John yells, put the fucking gun down as he's pointing his gun at, at the dude with the, the machine gun. But then another German comes around and he pushes the first one down for some reason. And then pushes he gets him out shot of the way. by John. Two shots. That, was, that wasn't smart. Yeah, no. like I understood what their plan was there. It just was a not good plan. That was a great sequence. Right. So now yeah. Al took like 10 steps into the building and says, all the hell with this. And turns around. He was like right at the corner where the guy was with the gun too. Right. So so mm-hmm. the, the German before that, that got like pushed out of the way uh, starts shooting at John through the table while he's on the table from above. No, this just goes back to the part where we were talking where Al should yeah. definitely at least all of this shit is happening on, outside. on the top floor is in the building in which <laughs> he's looking in the lobby. Oh, 80s. Uh, Sorry, go so... ahead, Tyler. Right. The German's shooting down on him from above the table. He's the the German's like, well, what are you going to do now? That sounds French. <laughs> oh, we oui, oui. <laughs> I am from Germany. <laughs> the German says, uh, next time you have a chance to kill somebody, don't hesitate. Do the action. John... <laughs> 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 next time. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, try not to laugh. All right, ready? Okay. Next time you have a chance to kiss someone, <laughs> don't hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, John says, bop, 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 bop. He shot him in the dick. Yep, death by dick shot. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> don't. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Big Al goes back to his car <laughs> and said, it's a wild juice case chase. God damn it. <laughs> juice case. <laughs> it's a wild goose chase. <laughs> I was like, what did he say? Juice case. I heard he had a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I started thinking, did I watch the wrong movie? Because <laughs> I don't remember a juice case. <laughs> yeah, there's no juice oh. case. Uh, there's a oh my goose, a, a, a goose chase. <laughs> Never gonna be able to say that again. So John, John throws a, the dead German at the car uh, from many stories up. And that shot was so good. That was a cool shot. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. And then the stereotypical black man were reaction. Damn! God damn it! Jesus Christ! <laughs> he put that bitch in reverse and took off. He's he me the fuck away from here. <laughs> so he puts the car in first. Shot at and reverses like down through some trees, through a gate and like off a little cliff walking. And rats. He says, turn to my car to Swiss cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, at this point, more cops show up. Shit ton of them. Hans mm. uh, tells one of his German elves, uh, <laughs> it's an, in- <laughs> it's an inconvenient, like it. it's an inconvenient timing, and uh, it was a inevitably necessary anyway. 
and they're waiting for the FBI. The plot thickens. Bum, 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 bum. John makes fun. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> Let's all go. John makes <laughs> God, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Oh go ahead. You done? Are you done? Are you done? Uh, uh, are you done? I am done, Donald. John makes contact with Hans through the walkies, saying he whacks Tony and Marco and his friend here. So three of them in total. Hans says, this is very kind of you to call. <laughs> is he and, then, and then he called him a party crasher and, uh, you know, a stereotypical fat security guard. Basically. I found to steal your bonds. <laughs> <laughs> John tells him he's he's a pain in the ass and a lot of other things. Uh, Hans sends his people to see if any any of his other German elves are missing. The walkie-talkie talk continues. Hans eventually says, "Do you really think you have a gin- wait wait I gotta do it? Do you really think you have a chance against us, cowboy?" <laughs> Oh, that was less French, so you're getting there. It was more like Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, this is where John McClane says, Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. So, cuts to news studio. Thornburg, the news journalist, makes a big deal about this being his story at the Nakatomi Nakatomi Plaza. Nakatomi. Nakatomi? Sakatomi. Harvey, Harvey, Harvey Thornburg is his his name. Uh, Marvey, the studio (laughs) anchor. Can you be trusted? Okay, I'm talking about two different people here. (laughs) Thornburg is making a big deal. Harvey's getting ready to go on TV, and he missed his cue and fumbles a little bit. He sucks. He's like the Ron Mm -hmm. Burgundy, but like a serious version. (laughs) Anyway, so... You know, they get to go ahead to send the news van. Carl tells Hans that John was not lying about Marco, and he is now on the street. And then he tells him that the other man was Heinrich. That was good. That was, <laughs> that good. was good, yeah. And informed, him, and informed him that his bag, bag is missing. Hans gets all nervous and starts looking like a little bitch and replies, but he had the detonators. Like, like when he said that, it reminded me of nothing but Snape. I was like, that's Snape right there, man. Hans radios his uh, German elves. Uh, Actually, he radios his terrorist Theo right here, uh, the nerdy black dude, and tells him that they have problems and asks how his schedule is going. Theo, all cool, like, says, three down, yo, four to go. Hans basically tells him to stop wasting time. Sergeant Al radios uh, John, and Hans is listening in. Uh, tries to get John's attention and says, acknowledge this transmission if you can hear me. John replies, I read you, I read you, pal. You the guy in the car? Al's all like, yeah, that was me. Well, actually, he said, what's left of me? John John tells him he can't identify him, himself now, but later, and says the it's a party line, and the neighbors got itchy fingers. 
tells him there's 30 or so hostages on the 30th floor. And then we cut into Hans listening, uh, saying, let him. I'm waiting for the FBI to get here, and they must find, and we must find the bag. John tells them, uh, tells the cops, our Sergeant Al, about the weapons, and says they have enough plastic explosives to send Arnold Schwarzenegger into orbit. <laughs> tells them, he tells them they're well-financed and advanced. Bad-ass perpetrators, he calls them. Uh, John lights a cigarette, and, uh, tells Al to call him Roy. Al tells him to find a safe place and let the cops do their job. Chief Robinson shows up acting like the big boy in town and asks uh, Sergeant Al what the terrorists want. He said he doesn't know and he hasn't heard a peep from them. Al continues to say that John killed three of the terrorists and thinks he is a cop from a hunch. The news players show up uh, and they're they're like speeding through there and shit and uh, <laughs> Why you gotta say it, it like that? They, I'm in the middle of the logo. I can do that. Oh, God. All right, go ahead. So, so uh, now it cuts to Holly going to Hans asking for a request. Hans is all, what idiot? Wait, what idiot? <laughs> what, I- <laughs> what idiot? <laughs> Why does it just keep turning French? I don't know. You go, but you anyway. idiot. <laughs> anyway, all snake-like, he's like, what idiot put you in charge? She says, when you killed my homie, my boss, you bitch. Basically. That, that's basically what she said. I summed it up. I hate you so much. <laughs> she asked for permission to move a pregnant lady into an office with a sofa. Hans is all like, Nah, bitch. But I will get the sofa brought to he's you. He's pretty nice about it, though. Like he's he is, very he is. nice about be, like helping out a pregnant woman. Yeah, his words are nice, yeah. but his face is like you annoying. Right, me. right. Holly then asks for more grips. Or else it's going to start getting nasty in there. Then you go to the bathroom, uh, <laughs> and then she kind of looks at a picture that's flipped over over Hans' shoulder. Hans gets a suspicion of this photo. Uh, but he doesn't turn it over. He doesn't. Like, why? If you if you're curious about something, you, you're gonna do it. You're not just gonna let it go like that. Anyway, Holly calls herself Miss Gennaro. Emphasis on Miss. She was very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you cut to to Harvey broadcasting on the TV, uh, which the limo driver from earlier in the movie Theo is still in, waiting for the call from John and, and partying up, drinking some alcohol. This is where Theo learns what's going on in, at the Nakatomi Plaza uh, in his limo, and then he turns his limo walkie on so he can listen in. Now the police are lining up to go in, and Big Al is pissed. He's pissed. Mm-hmm. He's like, there's 30 hostages in there. Uh, isn't it SWAT? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's a, yeah, L.A. SWAT. Chief Robinson says, all we know <laughs> is your car got shot up and a and then he accuses it like it, it could have been John for all we know. Uh, Al says, what about the body that fell out the window? Robinson replies, some stockbroker probably got depressed. Well, and what a dick. we did miss something. So earlier on when he checked um, Alexander's ID, he noticed it was a fake ID and he brings that up to Al. And then it, during this conversation, Al says, like, I have a hunch because he knew those IDs were fake. And there's right. only one way he would have known that. 
Uh, so anyway, Chief Robinson gives the SWAT the okay to go inside. Oh, John Radio's. Sorry, one more thing. When the SWAT went in, I don't know if you noticed this, but an hour and ten minutes in, one of the SWAT members gets plucked by a thorn bush and yelps, "Ow!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he did it twice. Like one got his leg. He's like, ah. <laughs> so, so Chief Robinson gives the okay to go inside. Inside. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Spit it out, little mint. So John radios out and asks, what's going on? Are you still there, Mike? Yeah. John finds out that they're going in, and uh, John told Al, like, I told you what kind of people we're dealing with here. You bitch. Like, don't send them in, basically, is what he's trying to get on about. Hans radios his peeps and tells them to get... What the fuck does that say? I think he tells them to get in their positions. See, my note says, Hans radios his peeps and tells them to get and read and tells <laughs> Theo he is the eye. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, they get into their positions and he has Theo looking through all the security camps. So he's there. Right. So, so he's calling out the, where they all are. Uh, one German turns a key to bring a gate over the entrances. Those are some heavy uh, duty gates too. Yeah, they were. John's now looking out, out of his window as the police start to move closer to the building and get into their positions. The SWAT team. I'm sorry. Uh, so the limo driver is now driving through the parking garage kind of like a maniac. Another terrorist shows up downstairs to help the one who is acting like the guard um, to hold the police off. Uh, he actually stands behind a counter and grabs some candy. chocolate. <laughs> He's so calm about I think they it. Were, I think they were crunch bars. Yeah, he's so calm about it, dude. Now we're back to the limo driver uh, driving like crazy again. He stops at the loading deck and shuts the limo off. The cops are con- the SWAT is continuing to get in position. Uh, yeah, that that word's not. Good. I said <laughs> I said John calls them Afro. <laughs> so so Theo informs the German terrorist of. The SWAT's position, where they are, what door they're at. The Germans start shooting out the windows to shoot the big lights out so they can see what's going on and not be blinded by the lights. Blinded by the lights. Revved up like a douche in the night. All right, so Hans tells his people to just uh, just wound them. Uh, don't kill them. Do not be impatient. Chief Robinson says send in the car now the terrorists start shooting at the cops who are at the entrance uh you know they they do wound them and they wound them really well theo notices the rv coming up uh, or the car as the chief called it uh, the terrorists start moving rpgs into the elevator john hears the elevator moving the cops make a car tries driving up the steps which i did not understand mm, yeah uh, so now the, the the terrorist shot the cop's mega vehicle with an RPG. Theo's like, oh, my God, the quarterback is toast. <laughs> and now we cut to John. He, he pulls up a chair in front of the elevator, grabs an axe, and then uh, uses the axe to keep the elevator shaft open. He attaches C4 to the chair and throws it down the shaft and says, Geronimo, motherfucker. Cue a big-ass explosion. Like, window glass going Mm -hmm. everywhere. Uh, The fire starts coming up the elevator, and John dives back. Chief Robinson says, holy shit. 
And then Harvey's all, you know, the news guy, tell me you got that. John radios out and says he is all right. Chief Robinson takes the radio all pissed and like, man, I don't know who you are, man. <laughs> or, or like, what you're even doing, man. <laughs> so anyway, John replies, Glass, who gives a fuck about Glass? Who the fuck is this? Chief tells him uh, he's in charge of the situation. John says, from up here, it doesn't look like you're in charge of jack shit, bitch. Chief Robinson calls him an asshole. John replies, I'm not the one who just got butt-fucked on national TV, (laughs) Dwayne, and continues to say that he is a part of the problem, not the solution. John says he feels underappreciated, Tao, which kind of made me a little sad because, you know, he's doing a lot up there. True. I was all like, hang in there, buddy. Hang in there. Holly sees El- now. Now we're back in the hostage room. Uh, see, I'm going to call him Harry. It was Ellis was snorting some coke off of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> He'll next, do in the coke. Next to Holly. Next and, to Holly. Uh, he stands up and goes, I, I'm paraphrasing. Hey, I got this acid, but I can't do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he, he looks at Holly, and, and I don't remember exactly what he said, but I, I was trying to write it down while he said it. Well, what I wrote down was, listen, babe, I eat closing million-dollar deals for breakfast. I can handle a little Euro trash. So, uh, Mr. Cocky, we cut to him, uh, being a super douche, as usual, uh, walks into the office with Hans. He's on the radio talking to John, and, uh, he kind of gives it up that he gave most of the information about John to him, but never said Holly was his wife, which was what John was really worried about. And uh, then he tries to act like he's been best friends with John for years. And John tries to tell him how much of a goddamn idiot he is. And uh, starts to get a little nervous. So Ellis takes a sip of a quite refreshing Coca-Cola sponsor. And um, then you just hear over the radio... Hans shoot Ellis and that's when the crowd hears the gunshot for the first time and they all jump so now they're like oh fuck now they're really killing people off Hans walks out after killing Ellis and he threatens to kill another hostage uh, uh, over the radio to John John says go fuck yourself Hans uh, cut to Roberts uh, shitting on John with uh, to Al He's, and, then, and then Al pretty much tells him off so Hans calls into the police and he demands certain groups that are in prison to be released all over the globe. The globe, and yeah, none, none of it like, makes sense. And then like that one dude is just like, "What yeah. is that last one?" Yeah. Like, I don't know. I've read about him in Time. <laughs> so he's just buying himself time. John calls to Al to tell him nothing Hans said makes any sense, which we all know, and so does he. But. Uh, Roberts ends up going off and like is like, well, let's get this stuff done and taken care of. So again, he's an idiot. Uh, and then we cut to the news, and they're they have this Wait, like hostage. Has expert. the FBI showed up yet? No, they show up okay. pretty soon. They show up right after this, actually. So okay, I just didn't know if I missed that part. No, no, not yet. Um, we we cut to the uh a t- the news station, and they have a quote unquote hostage expert. And uh, this guy's fumbling all over the place. It, it was pretty comedic, actually. I didn't write down what he said, but it made me laugh. Oh, he said some shit about, he was talking about, like, Stockholm Syndrome. And the guy was like, 
yeah, that's in. He said some <laughs> random country, and the, the the expert just goes Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that. He, that's he, what it was. He was talking about Stockholm syndrome, but he called it something completely. He called yeah. it something else. Yeah. We cut to Carl, <laughs> and he's dragging Ellis's bodies away, body away, right in front of all the hostages. So, so now we cut to the FBI agents Johnson and Johnson uh, coming into the scene. And in glorious 80s fashion, take over the entire Who's uh, in charge operation. here? I am. Not anymore, you're not. <laughs> uh, then we cut back to Han, searching the dark areas of a building. <laughs> Hans uh, Gruber. Yeah, Hans Gruber. And places his pistol down and uh, notices he's, a few of the wires were cut. He's a Gruber, right? baby. A Gruber. It ends to a Gerber. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm pretty sure I read that right, though. He he notices it was these the guy wires from that the were cut. He does he or no? He jumps down and he jumps right in front of John, and the look on his face of like, oh fuck! And then you could yeah. see him thinking very quickly on his feet and goes starts acting like a hostage and using his best American accent. I thought was absolutely amazing. And Hans tried to uh, go back for his gun after he was like, oh, I'll just head back. And this is the second time in the movie where the person gets stopped just in time. We cut to the FBI talking with the LAPD, and they're making a pretty fucked up plan. Then we go back to John and Hans. They're talking and sharing cigarettes. And uh, at first you think John just thinks this guy's a normal dude, like he doesn't recognize his voice at all or nothing from the radio. And he basically gives uh, he gives uh, Ellis or not Ellis he gives Hans a, a either way a I, didn't get a, I didn't get a good look at it it's a uh, pew 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 then Hans gives it away that he's he's Hans as uh, as John walks away with his back turned uh-huh. he cock, uh-huh. Hans he cock and loads his gun and starts pointing it at John and of course John turning around if you know the McLean movies. Uh, you know that he knew this entire did, time. Did he just—he starts walking towards him, trash talking <laughs> him, of course, in great McLean fashion. Hans pulls the trigger, and surprise, surprise, no bullets. So John Whip takes that gun right out of his hand, and says, "Oops, no bullets." Fucking stupid, Hans. He did. He did think he was that fucking stupid. <laughs> Uh, as that happens, the elevator dings, and Hans looks at him and goes, "You were saying?" <laughs> and, uh, John runs off, firing bullets. So, uh, Tyler, you wanna you wanna do that little sound effect for us? John manages to kill one of the four um, and uh, starts hiding under a table, and then he gets the better. He gets the upper hand on another German, kills him from under the table. Then Hans and Carl obliterate the goddamn glass. I mean, and he, so McLean says the one thing I said at almost the exact same time, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's because he, mm-hmm. he saw he wasn't wearing sh- So he was like, shoot the glass. And then Carl finishes off with one of those hockey puck flashbangs again. So then uh, they walk in and they notice John's gone, and, but he left his bag of C4 and the detonators. So they pick it up and we cut to Hans and Carl down the stairs where the hostages are. And Carl lets out his anger and Holly says, he's still alive. And the person next to her goes, what do you mean? And the pregnant lady goes, what do you mean? And she goes, only John can drive someone that crazy. 
So then we cut to John falling back into a bathroom uh, with his lacerated feet bleeding everywhere. Uh, and then we cut back to the Germans freaking out about how long the process is taking them to get the bonds. Like, uh, they're starting to panic. And, of course, Hans, being the cool, calm, collective guy he is, pretty much tells him to shut the hell up and relax. Then we cut back to John pulling the shards of glass out of his feet. And Tim and Ugh. Al. Right? It, was, it was a good shot. Him, it was good. Him and Al start having a heart-to-heart conversation, getting to know each other. And I kind of felt really bad for Al and... What he re- is this when he says his accent? Right. What he reveals is mm. very uh, on point for today's world. Um, mm-hmm. so, it's very point- yeah. poignant. Yeah. So Al, poignant. Al basically reveals he, as a rookie, mistakenly shot a kid, a 13-year-old boy. Um, and uh, they t- he says they never t- train you on what to do when you're a rookie in that situation. Like, they don't train you on how when to handle it. you make a mistake. It. Yeah. And uh, it's it haunts him to this day, and he says that's why he doesn't use a gun. He carries a gun, but he doesn't use a gun. He has not fired his gun since that time. Right. Which, again, yeah. really makes me feel like he's just Carl in disguise. Al reveals the LAPT, LAPD aren't in charge anymore. <laughs> LAPT. L-A-P-T-A. <laughs> the LAPD. L-A-P-T. <laughs> God damn it. Al reveals the LAPD aren't in charge anymore, and John guesses the, that it's the feds, which of course he would because he's a cop. And mm-hmm. uh, we cut to Hans watching the FBI walk around the building, and he's pretty much calling exactly everything that they're doing. He's like, they're going to do this, and they're going to do this, and they're going to want us to take a helicopter. And like he knew everything. That's why I was like, this guy's a goddamn genius. And uh, then we cut back to the FBI arguing about cutting the power and in a pretty funny moment where the the guy in charge of the power uh, power uh, line is like, oh, we can't cut it. And his employees like, oh, no, I can do it right here. Yeah, I can do it right now. He's like, no, you can't. We can't do it. He goes, do it or you're fired. And he's like, all right. And he pulls his phone up. He's like, yeah, I just need you to cut the power to Nakatomi Tower. And it's like, what are you? It. It's like a whole like district. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's all like a whole grid. Nakatomi go But it, you just hear, I love the employee, like his coworker. It's like, are you serious? Dude, this <laughs> whole time, I thought that he was going to do something incredibly badass. And then he, he just keeps telling Theo, <laughs> yeah. well, to trust me. And I'm like, what right. is he going to do? And so, yeah, it was so... a fucking phone call. Yeah, they, was, they cut the power off, and then the emergency lights. Who? What? <laughs> no, he was waiting what? for him to cut the power because he knew he was going to do it because what the power got cut that? off. Never mind. So anyway. So, I think he came back. I think we were at something else. Part. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, yeah, they cut the power, which is what Hans predicted. And that's why Hans wasn't freaking out because once the power got cut off and the emergency lights turned on, he got exactly what he wanted, and we got some pretty epic music. Merry Christmas. As the doors are opening to the $640 million bear bonds, and they load up big time. They ransack the place as the... Uh, oh my god, when he's flipping through them, and you just see the amount right? of the 100k. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh, man. Yeah, and then uh, the FBI pretty much gave them what they wanted, so... Uh, Dude, we ca- each one of those was $100,000. me drool. Ugh. And they had, like, a fucking encyclopedia set stack. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. 
It was pretty damn awesome. They had bags and bags full of bear bonds. We cut to Hans on the radio, demanding to talk to the FBI. Uh, and uh, he's and like, I'm a I want a helicopter and blah, blah, blah. The usual, you know, the usual stuff. And we cut to John's bloodied bandaged feet and John talking to Al once again and tells him uh, that he wants to basically tell Holly that he's sorry and he's not planning to make it out of it alive and he wants Al to tell him how he feels and that he was an idiot for not moving and the best 80s dialogue, Al pretty much says, uh, pretty much shut up and then quote, but you can tell her that yourself because you're going to yeah. make it out alive. You're going to make yeah. it. <laughs> I ain't telling her shit, motherfucker. <laughs> so, you making it out, pimp. <laughs> so then we... <laughs> so we cut to the newscaster being a typical douche, as they usually are, and uh, he demands to talk to John's kids, talking to the... Oh, my God. This uh, scene pissed maid. me off so much. Um, and yeah, so we cut to John limping around between walls and, uh, of the building and finds the roof wired to blow. Uh, but Carl finds him as he's, as he's talking to Al, trying to tell him it's, 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 we're gonna, it's gonna blow because Johnson and Johnson are in gunship. <laughs> family company. A family company. They're That's on, the they're in of gunships, lawyers, isn't man. it? Johnson and Johnson. I see their commercials all the time. Anyways, they're uh, they're in gunships and they're headed to pretty much blow up the terrorists. And so uh, John and Carl start having an epic 80s brawl with many, many cuts. So this part's about to get real cutty. And uh, the Germans are preparing for the helicopters to, uh, to blow them up. And they're throwing um, they're preparing to throw all the hostages up on the roof. Uh, and I wrote, but thanks to the news douche, Holly sees her daughter asking for her mom and dad to come home. And Hans, remembering what he found out about John, flips the picture back up from earlier and sees it's Holly. And thus, she has now, yeah, she's been made. But yeah, the reporter's totally to blame. No, because he picked up the picture and was like, oh shit, that's her. Hey, grab that. Well, he only picked it up because he saw how she looked at the kids on the TV. Maybe I missed that part. Yeah, he noticed her staring at the TV, like, uh, worried, of course. And he was thinking to himself was like oh wait a minute and that's why he flipped a picture up um so yeah so hans has all the other germans force all the hostages to the roof and he takes holly off by himself to the barabons room uh we cut to a very bloody john as he continues to get his ass kicked by a very angry carl angry carl is angry he's kicking his ass and then john starts beating the shit out of carl and starts saying he starts trash talking about his brother. He's like, your fucking brother. Dude. He, he walked was, like a little bitch when I killed him. That was one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen. Like, not only for the dialogue, but just, like, mm. the velocity of John's punches. Like, when he throws Carl right. into the shit and just, like, da, 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 da. I was like, dude, this dude is pissed off at this point. And then he's like, you motherfucker, I'll fucking kill you. I was like, yo, this isn't acting. <laughs> so I counted. He said, I'm going to fucking kill you about five times during that fight. <laughs> and uh, uh, we cut to Theo bagging the bonds. Then uh, I wrote cunt, but I meant to say cut again to Carl. <laughs> and John... <laughs> we cut, we cut read, again to read it oh. as written. Okay. So how I wrote it was. Cut to Theo bagging the bonds. Then cunt again to Carl John. Fight cut to hostages being rushed in the roof. Uh, I was no. writing really fast. So basically. Wait, wait, like, wait, Mike. How I meant to write it was uh, cut to Theo bagging the bonds. Then cut then cut back to Carl and John fighting. 
And then we cut back to the hostages being rushed to the roof by the Asian German guy, I guess. <laughs> the weird guy. <laughs> right. His hair freaks he, me out. His mustache. Looked... Then we cut, <laughs> we cut back again to the epic fight. Nothing really happened, so I just wrote epic fight because it's nonstop bloody punches. They're going up the escalator pretty much as, as uh, John has like, got him in a chokehold. We cut back to – or John has Carl in the chokehold. We cut back to uh, more Bonds loading and Holly pretty much trashing Hans. Like, she's got a backbone, and now I know why McLean married her. Uh, she don't take no shit. Because of that and... spine. Exactly. Vertebrae, son. Yeah. We cut, we cut to more epic fights between John and Carl. And John really digging into Carl, kicking his ass. And he wraps chains around Carl and hangs him and then throws him into a fucking wall. So then this guy's just hanging from chains after being bashed into a wall. Which uh, I got qualms with this part and, you know, the end. Yeah, I know. But it, listen, it's still an epic moment. Uh, but OK, I get your point. But yeah, we then cut to a scene of the gunships flying through the city and uh <laughs> One of the Johnson goes, it feels like nom. And the other Johnson, the black Johnson goes, I was in grade school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cut, cut to, this is how I wrote it. Cut to Asian German opening the rooftop door and he gets blasted by John and uh, another German down. John forces, he he runs up and he's yelling at all the hostages, get the hell, uh, get the fuck down, get downstairs. And he starts shooting off his gun because they're all dumb and they won't listen. And, the, of course, that's when the a- uh, agents show up and they start shooting at him. So then John, John starts running and uh, jumps out of the way. And it's like, I'm on your fucking side, you idiots. And uh, <laughs> then, since they can't find him, he takes a fire hose, starts wrapping it around him. And uh, he's like, oh, what are you doing, John? And he gets to the edge, and he's like, I swear I will never think about going into a tall building again. And he jumps as, the, uh, as Hans sets the detonators off, and Johnson and Johnson are, they're toast. Uh, and, uh, yeah, John, like, good God, that's, that free fall, man, that gave me mm-hmm. anxiety. That, and when the, the helicopter falls on the Oh, building. yeah. And so then John shoots out glass and uh, just about saves himself. And the fire hose falls and then starts to drag him down and he gets that loose. So now John's good to go. Uh, but I don't think he's ever going to go in a tall building ever again. Or fuck with fire right. hoses. And so uh, let's see here. He's probably, c- he's probably not going to like Germans <laughs> he, either. Well, he, yeah, he's like, I'm not. Spoiler alert, he <laughs> runs mean... into them again later on in the series. Anyways, uh, we cut to uh, Robert saying, holy shit, we are going to need some new FBI guys, I guess, as the helicopter is crashing down. That's a pretty callous way to say rest in peace. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. So then we cut to Argyle, which is our first moment with Argyle since, what, when he was... He found out that, a long time ago. Yeah, like he found out that the 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 building was under attack and he just starts drinking. Yeah. So then he sees he catches Theo pulling a uh, ambulance dressed as a EMT out of the truck from the beginning and he creeps around the corner and he sees Theo about to get out right before Theo gets out of the car he bashes into the van and then he just sucker punches Theo. So I think Theo's the only one to survive out of the Germans. <laughs> 
Um, but we never see him later on, so who knows? Uh, I can tell you that Argyle did not kill him with that punch. Uh, we cut back to John knocking out a German. His, he was so proud. He was. Though. He was like, yeah. I He's love like, that. He's like, he did it. He's like, I did it. The director made him actually punch him. Oh, there. really? Because, yeah, they tried to um, act it out beforehand, but he was pulling his punches, as the director said. And the director took him aside and said, listen to me, follow through. <laughs> no shit. And he, he literally told him to hit him. So, like, when he pulls his hand up like it hurts, he says, like, that actually no. hurt. Like, it, what his hand really hurt. What did the other actor say? <laughs> the other actor, uh, I, th- I think the director told him to just, like, be ready f- for this one because this is the one. So, and we cut back uh, to John, and he knocks out another German and kills him. I think, but he knocked him out at least, uh, and yells, Han! Hans then pulls Holly out into the hallway uh, with him to see... Uh, to... That's a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah, round two. Hans then pulls uh, Holly into the hallway. Hans pulls Holly... Hall, son of a bitch. Hans pulls Holly uh, out into the hall and uh, has her at gunpoint, so they all see John and how very, very messed up he is. Uh, the German guard then tries to take John out, but Han stops him before he could pick up his gun. And, uh, I would, you know, John puts the gun down because Holly's got a gun to her, her head. And he puts his hands behind his head. Um, and uh, he goes, Hans goes, uh, yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he, he's, how does he do his lines? Uh, Tyler had the best German accent. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, I did not. <laughs> How was it? Yippee motherfucker. And John starts to laugh, and Han starts to laugh, and then the German guard starts to laugh, and then uh, and then, and then I started to laugh. <laughs> right, I started to laugh because I thought it was funny. And then all I could think of was it's always sunny in Philadelphia when they're on top of the rooftop, and Frank just starts laughing. That's all I could think of. So, See, I kept thinking of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine with the paintball scene. Oh, yeah. So then John pulls a gun that was tape, duct taped to his back. So once again, we have another movie with a, another glorious moment of how to use duct tape. And uh, he shoots the German. Then he shoots Han. And Hans starts falling backwards into the window. And um, John says, happy trails, Hans. And Hans falls out the window and is holding on to Holly's uh, wristwatch, which, goddamn, that is a strong wristwatch, let me tell you. It's a Rolex, Oh, man. yes, Call it's back a Rolex. From the start. Right, you're right, right. Call back from the beginning. You know what? I'm thinking uh, this whole movie was just a commercial for how great Rolex is. And uh, <laughs> Well, they also had a Coke can That's on true. the desk. That's true. So we, we're coming to one of the most iconic shots in movie history, in my opinion. And it's uh, John and Holly and Hans. And Hans is out of the window. And as Hans slowly turns his head in his gun, uh, John releases that glorious Rolex watch. And we see the oh shit face from Hans as he's (laughs) falling to his death in slow motion. And then we pretty much cut to (laughs) everybody on the round go, I hope that's not a hostage. Yeah, <laughs> <He> just... <laughs> we cut to the aftermath of all the carnage. So um, now everybody's outside of the building. All the Germans are dead, and John and Al finally get to meet. All oh, the Germans are dead. Now John and Al finally get to meet each other, uh, and they're starting to hug. And 
you know, <laughs> you son of a bitch. And uh, that's when Carl comes out and starts screaming. I don't know what he yelled. He's Rah! and uh, he, <laughs> he goes to shoot John and then bang. You did- that just reminded me of that scene in the office. He's like, you could yell anything and we would look over. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then Carl goes to shoot John and Carl gets uh, riddled with bullets. Uh, and it's revealed that it's goddamn Al, that son of a bitch. And Al is standing there heroically God with his revolver. Maverick. And uh, he took him out. And uh, yeah, they get a. Which is actually a, a big moment for Al. It is. Remember earlier in the movie, he said he couldn't mm-hmm. point his gun at It is a angles. very big moment. Um, so good for Al. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad to see he's doing better as Carl. It was a breathtaking I'm glad you, moment. I'm, I'm glad you can right, kill yeah. again. Good for you, Al. So then uh, we cut to John giving Al the nice face. And then Argyle comes driving out of the garage. And he goes, no, 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 no. That's my driver. That's my limo driver. And... Uh, Pulls up, and as they're walking, Holly and, and John are walking to the limo. The douchebag news reporter shows up, gets in their face, and Holly sucker punched him so nicely. And he pretty right, and he, he liked the camera it. And goes, Did you get that? And uh, then we cut to the final shot of Argyle shutting the door, and in the back window, we get Holly and John kissing. Uh, the limo drives off, and we get Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow play. So that's that's the movie yeah and i just want to say that i personally believe this is a christmas movie i don't think a movie around christmas time makes it a christmas movie to me a christmas movie is like it, it gives you the feel good you, and it's about you guys didn't feel no, yeah, no, 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 no. no i here's my here's my argument with that is a christmas movie has to like the plot focuses around the holiday this just happens to take place on Christmas Eve. See, I beg to differ. I say if it has more than one Christmas song, has Christmas trees, Christmas decorations, and Christmas is brought up more than twice, I would consider it a Christmas movie. So any any movie that is based around the Christmas time. Yeah, as long Christmas. as they mention Christmas a few times, they play a couple Christmas songs. Yeah. Wow. That's me. I think it's a Christmas classic. And that's a Christmas movie has to do with like saving Christmas or like He saves Christmas for like thirty Something... people. They get to go home to their families. So get this. Uh twenty first century studios came out for the, the diehard thirtieth mm-hmm. anniversary and they said that it right. is it a did, Christmas did movie. You, they did. But but John McCain, Bruce Willis. McClane. He uh yeah, he says he does. He says John, uh, it's, he said it's <laughs> the presidential election <laughs> or running for president. You know what I'm Sorry, saying? <laughs> but but in two in 2019, he said it's not a person. Well, movie. that's Bruce Willis is starting to go crazy now. So you know. Oh, so just because his opinion differs from yours, he's insane. Hey, you can buy. I don't know if I I sent you guys that picture, but you can buy now the that anniversary. Uh, like Tyler was saying, and it's a Christmas sweater, and it's the anniversary of it's a Christmas sweater like picture on the DVD. Look, I I understand that a lot of people claim it as a Christmas movie, and I'm definitely going to be watching it every year at around Christmas. But so it's a Christmas movie. If I had to, no, if I had to put it in a genre, it would be an right. action movie, not a Christmas right, movie. Right, you're going to watch it every year for Christmas now. 
Thus, that is now your Christmas tradition, so it should be thus considered a Christmas movie by you. No, he's watching a, a movie that is based around Christmas in the time yeah, frame so Christmas of movie. Christmas. Well, then how do you expect no. the Christmas songs? Explain that. Because the because the movie is based around the okay. time of Christmas. It happens on Christmas Eve, for crying out loud. The whole reason... From the ho, 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 no. German? I no. Did. I didn't. I did. No. I was like, okay, oh, well, you're also psycho. I also... Okay, so I think it's a Christmas classic, and then you two don't agree with me. Okay. I don't Correct. think it's a Christmas classic. That's definitely not a Christmas oh, it's classic. A, I said it's a Christmas the classic. Fact, the fact that there is a debate about it whatsoever proves that it isn't. Because the Christmas classic is one that is undoubtedly a Christmas movie. This is true. Everybody calls Elf a Christmas exactly. classic. The Grinch. Well, uh, that one where he gets shot in the oh, eye with a, a BB Christmas gun. Story? It's literally called a Christmas story. <laughs> <laughs> those ones. You know, those are... Those you, are you did not grow up watching the 24-hour TBS marathon, did you? I had two channels. I had two channels growing <laughs> Back up. Back in my day. Point taken. I still stand by it as Christmas classic. There's two types There's of people, right people in this like world. Me and then the wrong people like you guys that took 30 years for you guys to watch this movie. Uh, <clears throat> Welcome to Mike's IMDb Rotten Tomatoes Corner. Moving on to IMDb. Uh, IMDb. I had crumbs in my keyboard. Um, this one I think is going to be rather interesting. Uh, so it was... Never mind. That would give it away. Uh, what... I'll give it to Tyler. Uh, what do you think this rating was on IMDb? Mm, 8.7. Okay. Mm. Mac? 8.6. Oh, <laughs> Mac, you won. It was an 8.2 out of 10. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and you made a big deal about me doing it, Dude, huh? The- <laughs> You even tried to argue that I didn't so, deserve the point. You hypocrite. So, <laughs> that was amazing. It was an 8.2 out of 10 with <laughs> 777,406 ratings. So, it's the movie Jeez. with the highest count as of right now for us. And wow. the reviews, there were 950 user reviews. And I had to... I had to search for about five minutes. I was searching for anything lower than a five, and I could, I found one seven out of ten. So I screenshotted it because I thought that was going to be the lowest. I had to search one star reviews because I couldn't find any. Everything was ten and ten and nine. The first review is a ten out of ten. It was written February seventh of two thousand seven. The title is "Was there action films before Die Hard?" Question mark. Question mark. Who cares? Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Die Hard is the patriarch of modern action, and he wrote, "Of course, the action genre existed before Die Hard. After all, you had the Terminator, Commando, Top Gun, Roadhouse, but didn't Die Hard absolutely revolutionize the eighties action genre?" It came like a savior and encompassed everything. So, uh, I actually agree with his review. I mean, I've watched all of the movies that he, he Mike, named say off. that word. Encompassed. Hey. There it is. Encompassed. I don't know why I couldn't. <laughs> the hell, man? <laughs> all right, we're moving on. Yes. So, would you guys agree with the 10 out of 10 rating, Tyler? No, 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 no. Really? What would you guys no, give it? A 10 it? out of 10 is a perfect movie. Yeah. I thought it was a perfect... I gave it a 10 I'd out say, of 10. I'd I ain't say gonna lie. In, 
Do you think it's a perfect movie? I do. I'd say wait until we get to the behind the scenes. I'd say maybe like a seven or eight out of ten. God damn! What would you have given it, Tyler? Mm, probably a solid eight. Yeah. I had rated it a nine out of ten, but I made it a ten out of ten because it really—I don't know—I think it's just a nostalgia thing for me because, like I said, the first time I watched this movie, I was yeah. A perfect movie wouldn't have people saying, there's no way he wouldn't have heard those gunshots. I mean, you're right. Yeah, technically, I probably should go back to 9 out of 10. But I don't know, dude. Like, this movie, rewatching this and how excited I was to actually talk about this with you guys and it being your first time, I think that probably helped in me, like, <laughs> just getting so excited. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that is not clean what you just said. What did I say? You say knowing that it's your first time has just got me so excited. I hate hate you guys. (laughs) Your first time watching the movie. God, you guys suck dick. All right. I had another 10 out of 10 rating, and I'm not going to read the whole thing just because I already gave one, but I'm going to say the title was called best christmas movie ever made and that was written december 7th of 2019 <laughs> that's definitely false <laughs> do you guys like, want that is 100 percent wrong <laughs> fuck that guy <laughs> i mean i wouldn't say it's the greatest christmas movie ever made i'd say it's in my top five but <laughs> i'll accept that i do have two one-star reviews that i think we'll all disagree with um okay. The first one is 1 out of 10, and it's titled Out of the World Action Movie, which is not a title I would think would deserve a 1 out of 10, but it was given November 2nd of 2020. And this person wrote... Uh, somebody's just mad at the year yeah, taking it out. Yeah. Hard. This person wrote, Meaningless action, out of the world, unrealistic action scenes of the protagonist, pathetic screenplay. You, sir, are a jackass. I hope you're listening to this pod. What are the odds if that person is listening? I to hope this so. I really do. <laughs> like, hey, that was my review. Seven trillion, like seven or like four billion or something. Ours is billion. Yeah, it's We're billion. Billions. We're not in trillion yet. Hey Siri. <laughs> hey Siri. You bitch. What's wrong with me? Hey Siri. <laughs> Hello. Uh, all right. So the next one star review is titled Utter, Tra- Utter Trash, and it was given June 9th of 2019. Oh, Utter Tosh. It was called Utter Tosh was the title, not Trash. So they wrote, I know everyone seems to like this film, but I struggled to sit through it. Uh, it was just one long series of gunshots and explosions with reality taking a back seat throughout. The plot was just an excuse to justify the violence which was the film's main driver. You sound like such a bitch. Um, if, if, sorry, there's more. I'm, I'm already going off. If you like mindless shootouts and unbelievable action, you'll like this. If you don't, you won't. I don't. Well, then stay off of action films, you jackass. God yeah, damn. Like, if you don't like action movies, why would you watch Why are you watching movie? an action right. movie? Right. Fucking pansy. And then taking time out of your day to tell people it's an action movie and you don't like it because it's an action movie. You know what I want him to watch then? Or her or whoever this... No, it was a him. Uh, I want... Any Michael Bay movie. No, no, no. He needs to watch Shoot Him Up with Clive Owen. Paul Giamatti shoots a guy through his dick. Like it's, yeah, but if he doesn't like action movies, why would he make a movie? That's why. Movie? That's why. Because if he thinks this movie is nothing but just mindless action, Shoot 'em Up is called Shoot 'em Up for a reason. The entire what movie. What was that one? 
what was the one with uh what's her name Brie Larson oh oh I love that movie Free Fire Free Fire that I was such a good movie dude love that movie so I love the whole premise where it's like what if we had an action movie that took place entirely on the ground right oh my god and this the funny scenes in that movie kill me every time yeah who oh, is he movie. shot in the head how is he walking I don't <laughs> fucking know <laughs> Tyler tell me you've know. seen that movie Nope. So what's next? The right. Rotten Tomatoes. So Rotten Tomatoes is next. The critics ratings first, as usual. Tyler, what would you give this rating and what would you say was it fresh, certified fresh or rotten? This is the critic. Seven... This is percentage, right? Seventy percent fresh. Okay. Uh Max. Seventy nine percent is what I meant to <laughs> you say. You can't you are <laughs> shot at seventy, dude. All right, Mac. I was even Wait. thinking 79. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going to lose. <laughs> Did I say 79? <laughs> uh, you got to guess, man. Give a guess. All right. All right. So I know opinion. it's certified fresh. My honest opinion, mm. critics would be 85%. 85% at certified fresh. And Tyler, 70% at fresh. And Tyler, you're 0 for 2. It's certified fresh at 94% with critics. Oh, yeah. fuck. Off of 77 critic reviews. And so I have a few reviews here. Um, I hate on. it here. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give a point to two points to Max since that was a two-parter. So uh, we'll go to the critic reviews. So this fresh review was given <laughs> by someone who works with Netflix, and that was done November 7th of 2002. He wrote, Die Hard is in many ways the perfect construct action film, combining interior tension with exterior explosions. <laughs> and and, uh, and a, mint, agreed. A, a mint of comedy. It Actually, yeah, they blended comedy and action very well. Like, it wasn't Wait, why over did the I top. say mint? I meant hint. I don't know. I thought because you were a little mint, you were having fun with the words. <laughs> no. <laughs> He said, well, actually, Mac, what do what you think? What the fuck did I mean, Mint? Uh, about the food? Would you agree with that statement? Uh, what did he say? He, son of a bitch. He said, <laughs> he said it was good. Yeah. He said it was all good. Right. Well, yeah, it was all right, good. All right, Mac. All right. Well, here's a big name critic that I think at least us three will recognize. Well, uh, me and you will recognize, Mac. I don't know about Tyler. But Roger Ebert. Know about Everybody knows Roger Ebert. Tyler, do you know Roger Ebert? Absolutely, I do. You lying bitch. Roger Ebert actually gave it a rotten, which doesn't shock me. And that was uh, when he worked for Chicago Sun-Times. That was given January 1st of 2000. And he wrote, inappropriate and wrongheaded interruptions reveal the fragile nature of the plot and prevent it from working. And we all know Roger Ebert can... Uh, can write some pretty dumbass reviews. So absolutely, I do. Oh know my that. god, Tyler, I hate you. Wait, well, anyways, Tyler, does he know? <laughs> no, he's lying. He's like, he said, I absolutely know who uh, Roger Ebert because is because I accidentally. Hit First of all, Siri. if you want to quote me, bitch, I accidentally quote me right. All I said was absolutely, I do. So do you? In all honesty, absolutely, Tyler, I do. Do you really? Uh, absolutely, I do. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Roper. we're moving on to. We're moving on to audience scores. All right. Uh, Mac, you go first this right. time. What would you say the audience gave it? Certified fresh at like 98%. Okay. And Tyler? He just made that super easy for me. I'm going with 97. 97% fresh. All right. And Mac, you said yep. 98? 
All right. So it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, well, it's their version of certified fresh. So I just always put fresh and it's at 94%. What the fuck? <laughs> so Tyler won that one. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you get for picking a number so high. Oh, you only had, shit. you had a, a three in a hundred chance to get that one. God damn. All right. So the audience, uh, the amount of audience members that rated it are 573,905. And it was also really, really hard to find a negative review uh, from the audience perspectives. Uh, it took me about 10 minutes to finally find a, anything lower than a four star. So I'll do the good review first. And it was four out of five stars. And he wrote, or she wrote, Die Hard is a classic action movie. No matter the fact that the movie came out in 1988, Bruce Willis did his role spot on. I enjoyed this movie today as much as I enjoyed watching it on the original release date in 1988. So this person saw it in theaters. Um, so they old. Yeah, they old. They old. And that was written, so that was about three days ago. So that review I mean, they could have been like eight years written. old when it came out. Let's see. Yeah, that review was fresh, like Dude, brand new. Do you, do you remember your life when you were yes. eight? Do I remember? Yeah. Oh, I remember I my life from when I was like, like three. I mean, not everything, but I remember certain movies. How do you think I rated 2,000 movies? I remember a lot of movies. From like four, I don't remember anything, before like 13. Damn. Damn. Well, no, yeah, I, I remember from like, I think I was three, because my yeah. sister was still a baby. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I would agree with his statement. I think, uh, especially for someone that got to see it in theaters and watching it again today, he has the best um, <laughs> opinion in my, in my opinion, you know, like he saw it with fresh eyes and then he saw it again. He's got the best in 2020. opinion in my opinion. Opinion yeah. in, well, what would, what would you guys think? I mean, that, that's, that's pretty credible, right? All right. So we're going to move on to the negative then, I guess. Uh, so it, it's a one out of five stars given January 1st of 2019. And she wrote very weak performances. None of the characters are fleshed out. The plot is very predictable, full of vomit-inducing melodrama cliches, and the so-called Germans who do not understand German are pathetic. Basically, the whole point of the movie is in Bruce Willis's running around showing off his muscles, which are not even sexy. <laughs> watching it was <laughs> watching it is such a waste of time. Good God, Karen! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, so, so she literally sexualized <clears throat> him. Yeah. And she doesn't even think he's sexual. Yeah, wow. way to go, Karen. She made it about that. This whole art the review is just, it sounds like whiny bitching to me. Yeah. All right, so before I go off on more tangents, because that one actually really pissed me off, I should start reading these before I pick them. Um, <laughs> you didn't read go. that one? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I saw one-star review, and I was like, well, and I saw the name, and I was like, that sounds like a Karen name. <laughs> Mike my, my just got legitimately <laughs> Live, God. There you have it, folks. Live on podcast. Mike getting angry. <laughs> We're gonna move to box office results so I can calm down. Tyler, what do you think the budget was? Ooh, damn. I'm gonna say something like around seven milli. Okay. All right. Uh, Mac. Tyler, you didn't look this up when you were doing your behind the scenes facts, were you? No, but I know how much I know how much Bruce Willis got paid. Okay, I'll give you that information okay. to make it fair. He got oh, paid shit. five million. Yeah, he did. Okay. He got paid a lot of money. Okay, 
So if you got paid five million, I'll say twelve million. All right. So you guys ready for this? Yeah. You lowballed the fuck out of it, both of you. It's actually a twenty-eight million dollar movie. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. I don't know the way Tyler said yeah. like his, his salary was five million. I was like, oh, that that seems like it was probably a, the majority. Yeah, and it made him one of the mm-hmm. it made him one of the highest paid actors in the time. So I was like, he, he probably got it, yeah. a good chunk of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you guys want to know what the so I couldn't find DVD sales because hey, wait, mean, so I, mean, I the won. DVDs are still being sold. You did win, yeah. So yeah, you. So won. do you guys think it was a bust or a success? Success. I mean. Yeah, Mac, you you don't even need to say it. It's a given. Yeah. It's a given. Yeah, it's a success. What do you think the uh, what did it gross? The gross was yeah. Oh shit! Like now, the, remember this is without DVD Blu-ray sales, so just worldwide theatrical release. Fifty mil. Fifty mil. Fifty mil. All right. Two hundred mil. So it grossed one hundred and thirty-nine point two million. So yeah. So Mac. Yeah. Mac was closer. Anyways, yeah, so Mac won. Okay. Uh, what else is new? <laughs> so that, that that's it for my part. Uh, it was a major success, and that's why it's now on its fifth movie. Okay. Do you guys also want to know who's in the lead now? I mean, you kind of already guessed it, but no. Max in the lead at fourteen. Tyler's got six, yeah. and the guest spot has one. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Good job. Yeah. He's got one. <laughs> AKA Ski Masky. All right. Yeah. Well, he would have had more if it wasn't for your dickhead ass. <laughs> Mike, I have a serious question for you. Yeah. If I buy you a coat. Shout out to Mike's mom. <laughs> if I buy you a coat and it's a couple sizes too small, can I make a video of fat guy in a little coat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fat guy, guy in a little <laughs> coat. Absolutely. Any chance I can get to to do a shout Honor. out to the great Chris Farley. Yeah. Absolutely. Max movie moment. Max movie moment. You guys want to know my favorite movie moment in this movie? Yes, we do. Yes, 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 yes. I said my favorite moments were... The various meetings. I love when Hans and John met. That whole moment was amazing. Mm. And how he like immediately knew to pretend to be somebody else. And then the glorious meeting of Al and John with the music swelling. <laughs> <laughs> like the greatest like romantic ending of any <laughs> movie, but it's two guys just growing out. And I also love the realism in this. There Mike, you mentioned the um the Jesus Christ line. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that because that's like if all that shit was happening above you, what the fuck else would you say? <laughs> like Right. I felt like this movie was very realistic. And it was just I know it's been said a million times, but the fact that he's just like a regular cop, not even there to do anything cop like, who just gets thrown into all this shit is amazing. Mac dropped a beat. <laughs> little mint. Little mint. Little mint. Little mint. Little mint. Little mint. All right, that's enough. That's enough. That's, that's enough. enough. Okay. That's enough. Thank that's you. enough. Stop. Stop. <laughs> so when John McClane is running through the glass shards, uh, when Hans tells his people to shoot the glass out, Bruce Willis is wearing a special rubber shoe designed to look like his own bare feet. Oh. If you go back and look at it closely, 
uh, you can uh, you can see that his feet appear quite unnaturally large in some <laughs> of those crucial barefoot scenes. I, I love this one right here. On Alan Rickman's first day of shooting, he filmed the scene where Hans Gruber first runs into John McClane. Uh, after he looks at those cut wires and he jumps down, you remember that part? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he jumps off. It's about three feet. He actually injured himself when he landed and damaged the cartilage in his knee on that take. <laughs> and he was he was told by his doctor that he couldn't put any weight on that leg and he had to use crutches for a week. For the rest of the scene where Hans Gruber is standing and talking to John McClane, Alan Rickman is standing on one leg the entire time. I thought yeah. I thought it looked like he was like kneeling on the wall and I was just I thought it was just him playing that character trying to pretend like he's innocent yeah i did too like he was like got roughed up or something right that's interesting that's interesting interesting. (laughs) so uh bruce willis was exhausted from his schedule because he was also shooting the movie moonlight um so this forced steven de souza to beef up the roles of other characters giving characters like al pal ellis argyle and Thornburg, more personality and screen time. Moving on, Jeb Stewart was having difficult time writing the screenplay until he had a near-death experience while driving late night in Los Angeles after a fight with his wife. He was driving behind a truck carrying refrigerators, and one of the fridge boxes fell out of the truck. Luckily for him, the box was empty, but he realized that if he had died, he wouldn't have been able to apologize to his wife. This inspired him to give clear motivations to John McClane and Holly's characters. And they wanted to reunite with each other after having a fight. Because he almost died. Well, Now I'm just thinking, like, holy fuck, could you imagine a fridge falling on your car? Right? Right? Why are you driving behind a truck with fridges on it? Like, close enough for one to land on your car. But also, just that moment of, like, the box hits and opens up and flies off. Mm. And like, whoa! Dude, I I immediately... You're you're just like, I'm alive? I'm still alive? (laughs) Yeah, like, what the fuck? Where'd the fridge go? I immediately speed around things like that every time. I don't care how fast I have to go. I immediately think of Final Destination every single time. Dude, the fucking logs. Yep. That's what I think of. Yeah, I was in a head-on collision, and when the airbag punched me in the face, I remember, like, seeing everything in slow motion, and I thought... I'm dead. This is what death is like. And then uh, I snuffed out of it and crawled out of the car. Damn, but I had, man. But I had that moment, yeah, where it's just like, I'm dead right now, aren't I? While, while making this film, cinematographer Jean de Bont got, <laughs> got trapped in a lift. This later gave him the inspiration for the opening scene of Speed, which he directed in 1944. Oh, that was a good movie. Wait, in 19 what? 1994, right? You said? Yeah, 1994. I thought you said 1944. I, thought... <laughs> I might have, dude. I've been stroking out a lot. He definitely said 1944. I might, I might have. I've been stroking out, man. That's why I was like, wait, 19 what? <laughs> it kind of phased me, but I knew what he meant. So I was like, that's still a good movie. I know what you, mean. you know what? You know what? Here. I knew Keanu Reeves didn't age. <laughs> When I was like, wait, did that come out in 1944? <laughs> damn that, damn that dude. Oh. All right, so moving on. All right, so the scene where McLean and Hans meet for the first time face-to-face is actually improvised. 
Um, they realized that uh, fucking Rickman. They realized that Rickman could do an American accent when they were all eating snacks together, and he started talking with an American accent to make fun of Bruce Willis. <laughs> that is when it hit the writer's mind that they can meet the first time and use that in the scene. <clears throat> and and it was completely a completely improvised scene. <laughs> so so Clint Eastwood originally owned the rights to the novel Nothing Last Forever on which the film is based. And he planned on starring in the film in the early 1980s. I think you audio people will appreciate this one. So the Flash director um, wanted vivid, exaggerated realism in the muzzle flashers. Mm. Weapon specialist for the movie, Michael Papak, uh, hand-fabricated blanks that were so powerful that the standard firearm modifications weren't workable. He eventually had to specially modify all of the firearms involved in the movie. Special effects coordinator Al DeSaro said these blanks that in the world of blanks, there are loads that are not so loud and loads that are deafening. And these were deafening. So these blanks did cause cast members to flinch, most notably Alan Rickman. Furthermore, Normally, most sound effects come from the studio library of sound effects. Sound designer Richard Shore didn't want to use these clips as modern sound equipment would show their age, as some of them were recorded in the 1950s. To solve this, the further exaggerated realism, the sound crew took the appropriate firearms to an actual firing range in Texas to record the audio for the shots. That is amazing uh robert ebert roger ebert <laughs> was one of the was one of the few critics to give this a negative review do you know the who main... that is yep absolutely <laughs> i do <laughs> the main reason he did this was because he hated the character chief Dwayne robinson and said the character was unnecessary useless dumb and he prevented the movie from working and he did but he did like the sequels and later changed his opinion after John has put the chain around Carl's neck and sent him crashing into the wall, he sits down with his back against the pillar. If you look closely over his left shoulder, you can see the actor that plays Carl watching him. <laughs> In Spain, the title was translated into Crystal Jungle. In Poland, it became The Glass Trap which sounds and fits very well in that country, the original title, Die Hard, is hard to translate correctly as it would sound like it is hard to kill him or he dies slowly. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what movie do you want to go see? He dies slowly. (laughs) Why Why do you want to see that? I would rather see that than, uh, what was the glass one? Hold on. Uh, Crystal Crystal Jungle. Jungle. What, what did or that... the glass trap. Yeah, I'd rather the watch he die slowly stupid, yeah. than the, gla- the, the glass trap. The crystal jungle sounds interesting, though. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. So this was probably my favorite fun fact that I found. The shot panning down from the top of Nakatomi Plaza's destroyed roof to the action on the ground was done with split-screening a model of the top of the building to the real building as it panned down. 
it was believed that they would need to cover up the join by matting a few drifting bond papers to cover it up, but it was done so well and seamless they didn't need to. In the edited for TV version, uh, yippee Kai yay motherfucker, uh, they say yippee Kai yay melon farmer to make it more appropriate for TV. Richard Gere, Sylvester Stallone, Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, big old Arnold Schwarzenegger, Clint Eastwood, Robert De Niro, Charles Bronson, and Don Johnson, and Richard Dean Anderson, and Michael Madison were considered but declined the role of John McClane. Oh, wow. What a list. I'm glad yeah. they did. I'm really glad. Bruce they did. was their last last one. That's wild. Their last pick, really? Like their last yep. choice was Bruce Willis? Well, I guess like, that makes sense with his Well, well he had some, pre- some previous movies that apparently sucked. Right. I mean, yeah. Sam Neill turned down the role of Hans Gruber. So both the first and second Die Hard movies are considered to be Christmas films by many of the film fans. But Bruce Willis himself claimed otherwise on a roast in his honor on Comedy Central in July 2018. Yeah, it was a good episode. John McTiernan didn't originally want to do the movie because he thought it was too violent for him. Uh, He thought the the idea of terrorist was too over the top. But after he signed, um, he changed the the script a little. Um, They still call them terrorists, but he gave them more of a robber robber, uh, feel to them to make the movie lighter so he can enjoy working on the film. The scene where John slips down the elevator shaft in an attempt to escape the terrorist, uh, that features actual footage of a stuntman who lost his grip and fell, I think they said, like, 11 feet. No shit. So Alan Rickman, when he uh, joined the set, he had no idea how to hold guns and was actually terrified of them. He would wince every time he had to shoot, so they tried to not show his face when he was firing the gun. Yeah, I do remember hearing that one. I remember that's why they didn't show him kill anyone. They started filming with only 35 pages of script because the original writer could not add the sense of humor that John McTiernan wanted. The Hmm. new writer that they hired was literally revising as the movie was filming. That's That's wild. Right? Yeah, right? (laughs) That's wild. Can you imagine starting a production with only 35 pages of a script? I yeah. cannot. Yeah. Nope. Talk about stressful. Like, that's the opening. That's it. Oof. So, Die Hard, Die Hard was shot in an office building owned by 21st Century. Uh, lawyers worked on the 25th floor and complained about the noise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, most of the gunshots you hear in the building are the ones they recorded from Texas. Police told them the scenes they were shooting during the helicopter scene was too dangerous, and they actually shut it down early so they didn't get all of the footage they wanted. Hmm. Yeah, I heard that. It was something about flying, like, he, in the yeah, city or they were they were they were using real explosives and like rounds and stuff, no and kidding. the cops were like, "You guys are fucking crazy." Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> they had twenty four cameras set up throughout the city. Uh, to film the helicopters going through the city. Many people called the police in fear of the helicopters flying so low and close to the buildings. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. Bruce actually jumped off of that building when he tied the hose around himself. He did it, 
and his stunt double did it, um, and they used a combination of both. I'm sorry. How high was this building you jumped off of? I don't know. Like that building. Like he the actual literally did that. building. Yes, he jumped Holy off of the building. Shit. Nope, you can't pay me enough to do that. I don't give Apparently, a shit. Apparently, five million dollars is enough. Good God, that's yeah. insane. And and his stunt double did it too. So and his stunt double doesn't get five million dollars. No. The scene with Alan Rickman falling was shot on a 40-foot drop over an airbag covered with a green screen. The crew wanted uh, the audience to see the face, the fear in uh, Alan's face when he fell. They told Alan that he would be tied to a rope and the airbag was just for safety with the plan of letting him fall all along. (laughs) The fear you see in his face is, is genuine as he did not know what was coming and he would actually fall. Oh, shit. That's awesome. So he didn't know he was going to fall. So, like, that face you see when he first starts dropping no is kidding. genuine. It is genuine. Oh, I love the director of this movie. Yeah. He was – I saw something. I think it was that Netflix show. I was talking about I, – I heard it was uh, – they said they were going to release him on three, and they let him go on two. That's awesome. So he, like, panicked, but – yeah, I think he was like super pissed off until he saw the shot. Yeah, he yeah, was, I heard that. He yeah, was not. Yeah. He was not happy. Yeah, I mean, understandably so. Mm-hmm. So there was no ambulance in the truck at the beginning of the movie when they they first come out of the truck. Mm-hmm. Wait, they, they dropped him forty fucking feet. Holy yeah. shit! Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just that just clicked. That <laughs> you said it was a forty. I didn't even drop. notice it. Yeah. Holy sh! I would be fuming. Yeah, 40, yeah I would 40 be fuming. Holy shit! And not to know too. Yeah, and not damn. Knowing. So there was no ambulance in the truck at the beginning beginning of the movie, um, yeah. and the the editors, producers, directors they didn't notice until they watched the first <laughs> cut, and they decided to just leave it as it is, thinking most people would not notice. I didn't notice, and I've seen this movie yeah, 13 times. They all times. get out of the back of the truck, and then all of a sudden there's an ambulance back there. They're like, yeah, and they would, they would the not the have truck. fit in that, yeah. in that, no. in that no with way. the ambulance in there. But I didn't there's notice no it, so, you yeah. know. The that's why I thought it was a, a different truck. I was like, where the fuck did this truck come from? Right. Hmm. Same truck. The theatrical trailer, um, when it first released, Bruce Willis got booed from the audience because they hated his previous movies. Um, and the crew of Die Hard decided to take Bruce off of the movie posters because they thought that advertising him would give them less views. Hmm. It's crazy that that happened. That there was one they literally Bruce booed Willis. him. That's yeah. absolutely yeah. insane. That's crazy. Yeah started editing him out of his own movie's trailer. How, I wonder trailer, how that though. trailer would go. Yeah. It's probably just like real brief shots of him. In like a world. Some cool shit. Where terrorists <laughs> right. steal right. money. And there's a guy happens. that we don't see. Yeah, there's a guy that we don't see. <laughs> a mysterious knight in a tank. <laughs> this oh, is Die Hard shit. featuring a mysterious actor yeah. we will not advertise. That's why. And don't tell anybody who it is after you see it. That's part of the fun of the movie. <laughs> don't be a spoiling <laughs> little douche. And yeah, that's a uh, 
fun facts and behind the scenes with Lil Mint. <laughs> All right. Obviously, obviously watch this movie if you haven't. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, this was my first time watching it, and I hate that it was my first time watching it. I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I, I'm a stubborn heart at soul, so the only reason I didn't watch it is because everybody was telling me I had to. That's exactly why. <laughs> and I hate that. But uh, yeah, you should look, you should watch definitely watch the movie with I, somebody. Yeah, it's like what you haven't seen it. It's like no, I'm not going to. Right, that's right. why Tyler hasn't watched Star Wars. Um, I would <laughs> false. I would false. <laughs> I would obviously recommend this movie. It's my like I said, it's my 13th time watching it, and I I remember. Yeah, I hate you. I I've watched Star Wars far too much. My name's Mike, and do is just make pretty people. Anyways, yeah. So we all recommend watching the movie, and uh, it's amazing. And I'm surprised it took you guys this long to watch it. And yeah, yeah I'm, a... I'm definitely mad at myself that I didn't watch this sooner. It is an amazing movie, but it is not a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie, and it is an amazing movie. And it is a movie, and it is also a movie. It is also set during Christmas, so take it as you and wish. It is also a talkie, and they use walkie-talkies. <gasps> yes, they do. It all makes sense now. And there's some cars in, in, in there, too. There's some cars and some buildings. Uh, when the body falls on is, his car. <laughs> gee, God damn. This is, this is Lil, Lil Mint's bad movie plot. So, uh, guy on a plane. Guy gets off plane. Guy goes in a building. Sees his wife. Goes, oh, shit. I need to apologize. Shit gets real. People start shooting. Bruce Willis kills most of them. A big explosion on roof cars again uh people shooting some more and then they walk out and then they kill somebody and the news reporter gets punched in the face the end (laughs) (laughs) that just reminds we had to do something like that at the film camp i teach at we had to like as an example of a bad elevator pitch Mm. and they had this one guy do it for titanic and he was like yeah so like there's this chick and then this guy is there and they're like making out oh and there's also a boat (laughs) (laughs) a boat (laughs) oh Oh, shit michael tell us what is thou as pickest for us this next this week if this so uh because my episode will be released christmas day um, I was thinking of doing Anna in the Apocalypse, which is a comedy horror, and it is placed during Christmas, and it's a musical. Uh, and Mac and Tyler know how much Christmas I hate music. It? Yeah, yeah. Are they they made. Do you do you, do you say it's a Christmas movie? It is a Christmas movie, but I have picked nothing but horror, and I think I'm going to do something a little different. So we're going to do the Christmas, another Christmas classic, National Lampoon's A Christmas Vacation. Ooh. Yeah. A lot of quotes in that. A lot of quotes in that one. There, there, there. Yeah, 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 I didn't even look that up. God damn it. Dude, I need to get high. You didn't even check to see if it was watchable. Well, I figured everybody had the DVD. We're going to be doing National Lampoon's A Christmas Vacation, which is 
not on any major streaming service that we usually use, but what do you what did you guys find it on? It's on demand for AMC. Okay. Sweet. All right. So it's on demand for AMC. So if you got AMC or the DVD, watch it. We're going to have a lot of quotes in this movie. This is going to be a very quotable movie for us. Movie plot. Round up 30, 30, 30. 30, 30. 30, 30. 30, 30, 30. 30, 30, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right, okay. Let's okay. do the nerd yeah. out. Hey, uh, listeners, stay high, stay nerdy, get lit. Nerd, nerd out. out. Nerd out. Nerd out. Mac, you got to say nerd out. Nerd, nerd out. out. There it is. Nerd out. <laughs> I think I'm done. God damn.